This episode of Bringing the Backups is brought to you by the new Dave Chappelle special, The Closet, a five-hour comedy extravaganza where Dave Chappelle talks about trans people and fist fights Hannah Gadsby. Spoiler alert, it's a close fight. It's Dave Chappelle like you've never seen him before, utterly consumed by a few shitty Jezebel articles. Gay or straight, Dave Chappelle's The Closet is bound to make you ask questions you've never asked before. Questions like, Jesus, another trans special? And I get it. It's just a lot of trans stuff again. And maybe he's trans. I'm okay if he is. I'm just saying. It just seemed... Oh, Nanette just caught him flush with a jab. Produced by Kanye West, Erica Badu, and the last drop of free speech in the fucking country, the closet is bound to make the woke mafia try to invent a number lower than zero to tank it on Rotten Tomatoes. Get ready to see poor, angry open micers shit on rich, fake woke writer's room pussy comics. The Closet by Dave Chappelle. After this one, he'll tell jokes again. Oh, what is up? Welcome to Bring in the Backups. I'm your host, Eric Helwig. On the show today, comedian Liz Galalis drops in to take a shit on Rudy. Are you fucking kidding me? That's going to be a fight. And then later, I'm interviewing Colby Dant at the Colby D on Instagram and Twitter. You know him as one of the main features, main guys featured on the Sports Gambling Podcast Network and the host of the College Football Experience, one of my favorite podcasts to listen to. On the show, we're talking Jeff Blake. Oh, man, 90s Bengals. You kidding me? Carl Pickens, open post, touchdown Bengals. Jeff Blake, one of the all-time underrated backups. Super stoked to talk about him. I do have some stand-up dates to let you guys know about. On October 28th, I'm at Fourth Wall in Hollywood. On November 6th, I'm in Burbank at Flappers. November 8th, I'm back at Bar Lubitsch for my show, Barely Making It LA. First time we've done that show in a year and a half. If you're in the LA area, come check out Barely Making It. I'm also going to be in Boston on November 10th. Have shows getting set up there for the week right now. I am booked in Idaho in January and uh, Hawaii in February. So, you know, big spots, Idaho and Hawaii. It's where most of my listeners are. You can find details for all these shows at erichelwig.com. And, of course, you can support this podcast by going on Apple Podcasts and reviewing this show five stars. Write me a review. I'll send you a coffee mug. If you're an asshole, I mean, I don't have any money. So why don't you just review the show and help me out? All right, Yamis, take it away. Grab your gear and lace it up. Helmets on and cup your nuts. It's that time you know what's up. Here we go, bring in the backup. Oh, welcome to Bringing the Backups, episode two of season two. Uh, I'm Eric Helwig, you know? Remember, I'm the guy that was talking like five seconds ago before that song played. Oh, is that the dog? Yeah. Uh, joining me on the podcast today is uh, my dog, Gordon, and comedian... Oof. Oh, yeah, you're going to be Gordon the whole time? Gordon. Yeah, uh, comedian Liz Galalis. Hi. Hey. Is that microphone close enough? Is can you hear me? Yeah, but enough? get a little closer. Okay. That's probably better. You can move it so it's I, I was petting the dog. I was petting the dog. That's why I was away from the mic and you told me I wasn't jumping on for a while. 
A fight already. Well, look, this is a, a, a sign of things to come. Liz is here to shit on the movie Rudy. It's a bad movie. It's Okay, well, look, look put a pin in this because we're going to fight about it. We know that's coming. And we don't really need to fight because I kind of agree with you. But I, <laughs> Did I change your mind? You didn't change my mind. I was watching the movie being like, this is pretty boring. But I can't really feel that way. Okay. Okay, so we're going to fight. Okay. I'm going to kind of agree with you. Okay. But I'm going to end up not being able to come to your side because it's Fine. it's blasphemy. It's not. To say whatever. We can't, we get, into, can't we can, get into it now. We can't get into it now. Here's what we have. We have, a, we have a packed show. I don't even have time for bits this week. Okay? None of these stupid bits. All right, I'm done with the bits forever. They're gone. Your, fa- your fans will be very sad. Well, not really. It'll, it'll be back in the next show. But I've got two interviews. Okay, I've got a, I've got a set Liz straight on this Rudy shit. And then I've got Colby Dant. Uh, the Colby Dant. You met him when he came over to the house to record the uh, the show. Yeah. It was like three months ago. Yeah. The interview's super dated. Okay. Like, we're referencing stuff that's happening, like, that's coming in September. And I was hoping my audience would notice. But now I've done this. So now I think they're going to know. They're probably not listening. I, I To even say my audience feels like a little, like, you know... Like, I'm putting too much on, you know, like, I have an audience, you know? It's just people that happen to listen to this show, right? I'm, that's still an audience. All right. (laughs) (laughs) I don't know what you want from me. I don't know. I don't know what I want from you either. (laughs) I'm not you. I I, I was my idea to have you here for the beginning part, but maybe it was, I don't know. I'm like, I'm like, save me. From what? I don't know. Let's just talk about Rudy. Not yet. What do you need have, to do? I have to talk about Jeff Blake because he's the quarterback. I don't know who that is. Well, you don't got it. That's the oh. same. Like, this is the part where I read through the Wikipedia. Oh, you haven't talked about the quarterback yet? This is the beginning of the podcast. Oh. I played the intro song. I thought you already recorded that. No, I know. This is going to take way longer than it's 10 gonna minutes. It's going to take 10 minutes. He doesn't have that big of a oh Wikipedia page. Just hang out, pet the dog. I'll call you back when call it's time. Call me back. I'm going to go sit on the couch. You don't sit on, oh, you sit on that couch? Yeah. Oh, that blue couch. Yes, our blue couch that's in this room okay, that is s- a foot behind go me. Sit on, go sit on okay, the couch. Okay, call me when you're... I'll call you in thank you. 35 seconds. It's going to be longer than that. All right. Already tense in the in the backups home. My last name is Backup. That's why it's called Bringing the Backups. It's not... All right. This uh, this This podcast sucks so far. Jeffrey Bertrand Blake, all right, born December 4th, 1970, you know, a couple weeks before Christmas. He's a former American football quarterback. Okay, so Jeff Blake was in the league for 14 seasons. Uh, Now, seven teams during that career, but obviously we're going to focus, we're going to talk about those Bengal years, right? Where he was affectionately referred to, I think I mentioned in the show's intro, Shaken Blake. And literally made Carl Pickens like a household. I mean, the name Carl Pickens sounds amazing. You know, like for a receiver, Pickens, you picture somebody pulling the ball out of the air. I mean, it's it was poetry. In, uh, and I think I want to say while Blake was the starting quarterback in Cincinnati, the heights they ascended to was, like I think the best record he ever had was 8-8. Eight and eight. During he was a starter from like ninety four or maybe like ninety five to ninety nine, made a Pro Bowl in ninety nine. But yeah, getting the Bengals in the mid nineties to eight and eight, I mean that's 
This is epic. That's an accomplishment not unlike uh, the the guy Rudy, if you're familiar. This amazing sports figure in uh, in American history who we're going to talk about a little bit later. But no, I Jeff Blake gets all the credit for making one of the crappiest organizations in not just the NFL but all professional sports. I mean, he ro- he rose the Bengals to this amazing level. By the way, as soon as he leaves the Bengals, he goes to New Orleans. He got well. Let's let's do the full track here, okay? He goes first off. He goes to East Carolina, crushes it at ECU. And there's well, I actually I talked with Colby in the interview a little bit about some of the reasons he went to ECU. I think some of them race related. Okay, just preparing you guys. That comes up in the conversation. Obviously, Jeff Blake, uh, black quarterback in 1991. Not the easiest road to tow, we would say, at that time. But I think, according to Colby, I'm going to take him at his word, ECU was his only scholarship offer at a D1 school. And holy shit, man, he did some amazing stuff at ECU. I mean, we talk about the 91 season. So Blake finished sixth in Heisman uh, Trophy voting, took ECU, the Pirates, to an 11 and 1 record, a number 9 ranking. They put him in the Hall of Fame for ECU in 2007. Yeah, he had a sick 91 season. It was insane. Look at these numbers. 28 touchdowns, 8 interceptions, 3 rushing yards. Yeah, I mean this 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 guy was insane in college. Got drafted by the Jets. Uh goes to the Bengals in 94 and yeah, by the mid 90s he's by 95, he's the starter. And yeah, I, I remember the other receiver he had was Darnay Scott. Darnay Scott and Carl Pickens. Those were like the three guys in the Bengals. And I think those, only two, those other two guys are only there because Jeff Blake <laughs> made them. Now, after Blake leaves the Bengals, he goes to the Saints, where he starts 11 games at quarterback. He breaks his foot in 2000, but... That was the uh, the Saints won a playoff game in 2000. I want to say it was their first playoff win. It might have been their first playoff win ever. That's how bad the Saints were. I mean, God, could Blake have gone to worse teams? I mean, if you're ranking them like, like at that time, worse teams, it's like in the NFL, you got to go Cincinnati, probably Tampa maybe is in there. Tampa hadn't had a really good season yet. And then the Saints, those are like the three worst teams. He's on two of them. Anyway, he leaves the Saints after 2001. Goes to the, uh, where does he go? The Ravens? Hang on. I don't want to get the, 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 the timeline wrong. Ravens in 2002, Cardinals in 2003. Goes to the Birds in 2004. Go Birds! And then in uh, place for the Bears... In 2005, his career NFL stats, all right, dude is 134 touchdowns to 99 99 interceptions. Quarterback rating, 78.0. I mean, look, adjust that 10 points up for, like, crappy team syndrome. I mean, the dude is, like, I think he's got a quarterback rating probably around 90-95 on real squads. He was great, man. That's it. That's all I got on Jeff Blake. We actually talk about him a lot. Uh, I'll say this about my interview with Colby, which I've now already revealed to you. I recorded. What happened was is I recorded it, like, thinking it was just going to be the next episode of Bringing the Backups back in, like, August. 
And then I got super overwhelmed and I was like, I'm making it the end of the season. <laughs> so I just ended the first season and I had this episode on backlog, this interview, and then I didn't come back for two months. So now it's like an old interview. But the thing is, is like, you know, I, I, I like to think the subjects we cover are timeless, you know, like, like, uh, you know, like the musical cats or something like it's, it could, you could listen to it now or 30 years ago and it's still as as poignant as the day it was made do you guys like the musical cats out there has anybody seen cats the whole selling point for cats is like the cats come into the the audience and they like play with the audience i would punch a cat in the face if it's like a man dressed as a cat hopping on my lap like that doesn't sound like a fun Ooh, yeah, let's go to the theater, and I'm going to let, like, a 40-year-old man piss on my leg. That'll be great. Cats. Fuck cats. I don't want, th I don't want that at all. Cat, I, I was selling discount theater tickets for so long, and Cats was one of the shows. I never, I had free tickets to Cats. Yeah, I'm not. I don't know. I'm not. I'm not. I'm not, a, I'm not a cat man. Eve, I'm even just saying, cat man. Cat man would be a terrible superhero. <laughs> a cat man is like like he's very finicky about the the types of crimes he wants to fight. <laughs> I would not enjoy a cat man series. No, I just I just don't like cats. You know, like I'm I, I if they're like if they a dog-like cat is more my thing, but, like, why not, at that point, just get a smaller dog, you know? And if you're going to get a smaller dog, why not get a real dog? And then that's what I do. I got a big, got a big pit bull who's still in view. Is he hanging out? Oh, look at him. He's making direct eye contact with me under the table. Guys, this is so cute. Oh, man, look at Gordon. You guys have seen Gordon, right? I think I posted photos of him on, uh, Bringing the back up. I don't know, whatever. If you just follow me on uh, Instagram at Eric Helwick, you'll see a lot of photos of Gordon. Just trying to like get people to like see my shows. I think the a more effective way is to just take cute photos of my dog and make it like my dog is the comedian. Be like Gordon's shows in Boston. Gordon shows. You know that'll make people. That'll make people care. That'll help with the algorithm. Speaking of shows, you guys hear that lineup of shows? Oh, oh, my God. Like, your boy's getting booked. Huh? Who's in Idaho right now? I, li I like saying, like, come see me. I'm in Idaho. Like, Idaho's not, like, a huge fucking state. <laughs> like, anybody living in Idaho should drive, even if it's six hours, to come see me do stand-up in January. No, I'm actually stoked. I booked a, I booked a road gig. I'm going to be a road dog. And, uh... I think I think I want to say the date's January twenty second. Don't don't quote me on it. But yeah, starting to book road gigs, getting excited about that. A lot of shows. I don't know. That's that, Liz. That's enough. You can come over. We can fight about Rudy now. What did I go? I went. What I went like twelve minutes. Oh, that's not bad. That's not bad. Yeah. And I think I think I laid. Usually I go a little bit more in depth on the quarterback, but right. the interview with Colby, we're talking sports the whole time oh, okay. for like an hour twenty. So they won't be starved for they won't be starved content. Yeah, if you're if you're a sports fan, you're like, what the fuck, Eric? Mm -hmm. Well, where's the? There's no bits. There's no mm -hmm. not a lot of sports. Mm -hmm. You're gonna get your Jeff Blake 
fill mm-hmm. in the second half of the show. Cool. Yeah. Okay. You do you you've never listened to an episode of this podcast? Yes, I have. The one that you're on. I've listened to the ones that I'm on. Yes, but you but like when you're on your phone. Yeah. And your husband's face comes up. Oh, new podcast yeah. on Tuesday morning. You delete immediately. No, I don't delete it. What do you do? When I remember, I let it play through and I just don't have the volume on. Of course. Yeah. Because the the (laughs) level of like how, here's what you are. You're very proud that I'm doing this Yeah, no, I think you're very funny and I love the idea. But you're not impressed at all by what's happening. No, I'm impressed. Are you impressed? I am impressed. It's a lot of work. You've committed to it. What's the stat? Like most people give up after seven episodes. Yeah. Yeah, you haven't done that. You're working hard. You're passionate. It's funny. I'm very proud of you, and I am impressed. I'm very impressed. Okay. I mean that. That's fair. I I, I mean, here's the thing. I have podcasts that I listen to. That There's not a lot of podcasts that I listen to where I'm not the guest on the podcast. Right. And if I had a podcast about, like... Cats the musical. Cats, feminist literature. I probably wouldn't, wouldn't be listen to it every hanging week. out too much. Yeah. Yeah. I'm also not a fan of Cats the musical. But I do like musicals. Did you like uh was the Lombardi? Wasn't there one that was That was not a musical. <laughs> that was like a, a, it was a drama. Play. It was a play. It should have been a musical. It'd be hilarious. Here it was a we come <laughs> with the Green Bay Packers on the field and we run real fast. I always think, I've told you this before, I always think it's funny whenever there's like tough guy songs yeah. in musicals. They're like, I've got a knife and I'm gonna <laughs> stab you. Stick ya, stick ya, here I come. Boopy-doop-be-doop. It's the least threatening thing. Right, no, it's basically, that's basically West Side Story. Yeah, if I was like fighting somebody and even if they had a knife, if they started doing a pirouette, I would mm-hmm. just run up mid-pirouette and punch him in the dick. See, I would not feel like I had the upper hand if somebody did a pirouette because it's not easy to do a pirouette. That person is agile. Yeah, but they don't, they're and not they really- they have great core strength they're not really fo- and balance. Yeah, but they're also not really focused on kicking your ass <laughs> if they're trying to land a pirouette. Right. Also, you think like they're in the street. Right. Like they're not, they're doing a pirouette like in shoes on like cement- I mean, all the more reason to be impressed if they stick the landing. See, but this is, you're the theater fan. You would be impressed by the theater. I would be looking for an opportunity right. to fucking mm-hmm. land a shot, get away, get mm-hmm. the get the knife away from them. Mm-hmm. That's not what you're supposed to do. You're supposed to run. You're supposed to run if the second there's danger, you're like, you're supposed to get out. Yeah, I guess If you so. have an opportunity. If you have an opportunity, you should right? get the fuck out. That's not how, I don't feel that way. No, you've, you fight. I'd, ready, I'd rather fight. And, and die. I think that's the... What's up? I just thought I heard something. I mean, I'm talking. No, Could I be my voice. I thought I heard something downstairs. Yeah. We thought we heard pipes the other day. Mm-hmm. And instead it was... This is not interesting. Something outside. Okay, fine. <laughs> all right, well, look. Let's talk about what happened the other night. All right? We, uh, yeah. We're picking a movie to watch. Last time we... we it was time for us to choose a movie. You chose the... Well, you wanted to watch a sports movie. I wanted to watch a sports movie. And so I looked up the greatest sports movies and I picked a handful of ones that I hadn't seen before. And on that list. Was Rudy. Was Rudy. Which I haven't seen since last time I saw Rudy, I was trashed with my friends in college. And then before that, I'd probably seen it a number of times just on TV and stuff like that. Mm -hmm. And I'd always held it in regard. I'd held it in very high regards. Like this is one of the great. Yeah. 
sports movies you're of not all time. the only one it is considered one of the greatest sports films it's of on all almost, time it's if, on almost every list yeah including like, the one you picked yes yeah it was like in the top 10 yeah so you hated it i despised it so you, i'm I'll, angry it exists i'll give you 10 seconds to sum up why you didn't like it and then we're gonna wrap up the pod <laughs> Well, I wasn't seconds. expect. I didn't think I had to prepare some opening argument, seconds. some opening remarks. I'll tell you. The, I'll give you the format. It's only fair if you don't know the format. You have ten seconds. <laughs> I get a ten minute rebuttal, and then we're done. We're done. Rudy is a movie about a man who was so annoying that somebody eventually threw him a bone in a situation where the stakes could not be any lower. That is the film. The moral of the story is keep pestering people and someone will be like, eh, fuck it, let, uh, let, let, let them go on the last 30 seconds in a game that's a blowout and he'll shut the fuck up. Oh my God. To sum up Rudy in terms like that is so offensive to the core of sports. It's so, I mean, look, 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 what did he achieve? Okay. Here's what. Okay. You said he got a sack. Cool. And already period. Okay. Period. Right, right away. Right away. To, to say he got a sack and that would like you're a musical theater fan. That would be like you, you win, uh, mm-hmm. you win, uh, best, best backup Castmate in not Chicago. A thing. That's not a thing. You win team. That's not a thing. A participation award. Any type of award that you win when you're on a Broadway musical. Anything that any type of uh acclaim you receive. A Tony Even, Award? A sack is an equivalent to a Tony no, Award? I don't think so. I, no, it's not, but, but like winning the Super Bowl about, is the equivalent to a Tony your, Award. How about getting your hometown paper to write, hey, this actor is a swing in cats? Oh, that's nothing. That's nothing. Yeah. You're, you, All the more reason to not like Rudy. If that story, if oh the greatest God. sports story of all time is the equivalent of getting a write-up in your <laughs> local newspaper, no, the not, bar is you're low. Twisting, you're twisting my words. What the, the accomplishment is that he had no place being on a college football team. It, and like, again, what, what actual Rudy Rudiger, the real man, because this is a real man we're talking about. Who, by the way, we looked him up and he sounds like a piece of he shit like in real life. He doesn't sound He sounds like a man who lost his he way. He did crimes. He lost his way. And he's like a Mormon now. Look, who doesn't have... Oh, what? Mormons are bad people? Uh-oh. I, th- I think Mormons are a little misguided. Who isn't misguided? <laughs> what, what, what does that even mean? They're, re- they're religious people who wear magic underwear and I welcome them to be fans of this show. I do too. All right, go BYU. <laughs> They're joining the Big 12 next year. Do you know what that means? I'll give you a million dollars if you know what that means. It's the biggest 12 <laughs> college football teams. Boo, boo. <laughs> Best 12 boo. college football teams. Who are they, who's getting kicked out of the Big 12 to make way for BYU? No one's getting kicked well, out. Well, then why is it called the Big 12? No there can only be 12. Well, there's more than 12 teams Well, it's in the Big stupid. 12. It shouldn't be called well, the Big 12 it's, it's, it's called college. It, it, it's expansion. And the teams they're losing, they're actually, you know what? Well, 
they actually did have 12 teams, I think, but right. they lost Oklahoma and mm-hmm. Texas to mm-hmm. the SEC. Okay. So they picked up BYU and some other. You don't care. Your eyes are glazing over. SEC is Southeastern Conference. There you go. Hey. Hey, that's nice. That's nice. Gordon. Gordon. Go let him. Can you let Did him you out? you guys hear that? They can't. They, they never hear it. Okay. okay. I always think he's being super loud, and then when I listen back. Gordon, you want to say hi? All right, as my wife gets up, I, I, I didn't prepare enough of a, an argument against what her okay, wait, wait. Rudy take is here. I feel my like other Rudy take. Well, I, I, get to I have several Rudy I takes. I get to respond. Okay, respond. Okay, five foot six, 165 right. pounds, played on the Notre Dame uh, practice squad for two years. That is an accomplishment. Yes. That's not pestering people. That's getting your ass kicked every day by dudes that are literally twice your size. That's, literally twice your size. That's commendable, but that's not like where the story it, ended. It's not, it, but commendable is such a, it's such a minimalization of what he did. It's such a, it's not. No, he worked his ass off. That's great. But I yeah. don't know. A lot of people work their asses off. He didn't, oh my God. He didn't like earn it. <laughs> what do you, yes, he did. He wasn't good enough to actually play, and they threw him a bone. That's not that inspiring. Okay, so, like, you don't... Do you, when you watch videos of, like, kids that have some sort of, like, birth defect, but they put them into a football game and they score a touchdown... Yeah, I hate that shit. Are you serious? I hate that shit. All right, well... That's called inspiration porn, and the disability community <laughs> is against it. <laughs> I'm going to lose this argument, aren't I? <laughs> You don't like that at all? No. Why? Because it's like taking disabled people who are just normal people and putting them on a pedestal for doing basic shit. And then the person that like put the kid in the game pats themselves on the back and like says, good job me without actually doing anything to help accessibility in society. Oh, well, you don't know that they're not doing anything to they're improve accessibility. not But you don't much. know that. You're... you're inferring that Mm -hmm. from what you don't like about them. But what if the kid actually is really happy about it? That's great. I'm happy that that kid had an experience and a positive experience. I don't think that that kid shouldn't have that positive experience, but I don't think that it's worth a movie. Oh my God. Maybe you're right. I don't like... That I'm being challenged on this, all right? I don't like it. The other thing I don't like about Rudy is it's a football movie and we never see a touchdown. You see touchdowns. Do you? Yes, they show a couple touchdowns. It's like B-roll. I mean, Rudy, it's, it's, like, it's, it's, it's B, B, it's like D-roll. It's like, <laughs> it's like really not important. It's like not important it's at not all. It's not important and at all. And then the movie, okay, the, he doesn't even start doing football until we're more than halfway through the movie. Did you say start doing football? <laughs> God damn it. The fact that someone that says the phrase start doing football is kind of winning a debate is so grating to my soul. The my first soul hour, hurts. and I, I paused the movie and I looked. The first hour and nine minutes of an hour and like, I don't know, 47 minute film or something like that. I'm, these aren't exact numbers, but an approximation. Uh, you say a 47 minute An film. hour and 47 minutes. It's almost film. a two hour film. I will give uh, you this. I, will, I want to give you this point. Okay. okay. It does. He's, it's more than an hour into where he 
goes to the first practice for Notre Dame yeah. football. And I remember that moment going like, yeah, it took us a while to get here. I yeah, remember having that feeling. Already, if it's based on a true story, we already know he's going to Notre Dame. We don't need an hour of watching him study to take tests to get into Notre Dame. Yeah, it feels like a movie that my dad wrote when he was trying to convince <laughs> all of us that we needed to go to yeah, college. Mm-hmm. It's like really it was, just propaganda. It was, it's like really like for higher education. You have to go to college. Yeah, which is not really a thing I agree with now. You know. Yeah, I um, I don't disagree with that. Yeah. Um. Yeah. Also, like you hate this because this is my woke take. Let's hear the woke take. The groundskeeper was probably actually good at football because he dressed like in every game, apparently. <laughs> Never got to play because of racism. You don't And know- then we're celebrating no. Rudy. First off. Who just goes, I'm, my dad wants to see me run out of the tunnel. Can I do that? Rudy. And then he sulks every time he's not on the list. And then he quits the movie about the guy that never gave up, gives up. He didn't give and up. And then he gets a pep talk from the groundskeeper who's like, yeah, I couldn't play because of racism. And then and then Rudy comes back after having like a hissy fit and quitting. And then everybody slow claps because he like threw a fit and then like realized he was being a bitch. Fucking hate. I should not have had you on the podcast. This is the worst. This is the worst. No, these are all unfortunately, unfucking fortunately. I think these are decent points you're making. First off, don't steal the woke point from me. That's what I said when we were watching. No, that's the what no, I, said. I said. No, no, I no, said no. It. I said it. No, 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 no. I said it, and I know I said what it. What did you b- say? Because I never say woke shit. What did you say? I said like he the 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 black groundskeeper goes like, I was on the bench for two years. Thought they weren't playing me because of my color, so I quit. Oh yeah, you did. And say. I said, well, I did That's the math, and I was like, it was the 1960s. <laughs> it was like the 50s. Uh, yes. Yeah, well, no. It was, well, Rudy played in 1975. The groundskeeper's probably like 40, 45. So, like so let's move 20. him back 20, 25 years. So that puts 50s. him into the, yeah, fifty. You're right, mid fifties. Yeah. Okay, Alabama didn't have a black corner, a black player on their team till like 1970. So Notre Dame's not Alabama, but it's possible he wasn't playing because of its color. It's like likely he wasn't playing because of his color. So I said that you did say that. Okay, I'll give you that. And I have to take credit for saying something woke because yeah. I very rarely do also that. Barely woke <laughs> to be like, you know, segregation really did exist in the fifties. I have to take what. <laughs> look, I took a moment to criticize yeah, Jim a movie. Crow was a hell of an injustice. I no, listen. I read between the lines. I like the script said one thing, and I said that seems mm-hmm. like plausible. Bullshit. That seems, well, the script wasn't acknowledging that the script wasn't saying yeah. he wasn't played because of his color. The character was saying, I assumed I mm-hmm, wasn't playing mm-hmm, because of my color, mm-hmm. but that it also infers maybe that wasn't true. Right. And the truth it probably, probably was. was a part of why he wasn't yeah. playing. So I don't think that I, to me, that doesn't diminish what Rudy did, but I thought it was like, you know, it's clearly like a, you know, well, my, my we, dad wrote the movie. <laughs> We, yes, we figured out how to fix the movie. We if we were going to do a remake of Rudy. Yeah, we did. This is what we would do. 
you can explain it better than me. Yeah, well, f- coming from the person that said started doing football, <laughs> why don't you let me go ahead and sum up what the movie should have been? We, we we only need like we need like fifteen minutes of his childhood and loving Notre Dame football and him getting into Notre Dame. Like that's an hour of the movie. It could be condensed yeah. into 15, 15 minutes. 15, 20 minutes. The inciting incident should have been him getting into his, Notre Dame. His friend dying. I mean, I'm like, I'm like, I guess, but they That's don't. That's good, but they never tie it back th- in. They never tie it back. Rudy so. never goes, this one's for you, Pete. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So we could lose the friend dying. Or the, keep it and just let it come back around. Let it come back, yeah. You know, let him go to the grave and weep. Mm-hmm. And, you know, people like now would be like, oh, Rudy was by. Did you really? Like, they probably would have like, that would have <laughs> been. Everything pieces. Yeah, and then other people would love it. So look. I think they could have condensed all that down and then it should have been a movie about what it's like to be a scrub on a D1 college football team. Because right now in that movie, there's like a five minute montage of him getting his oh, ass kicked. The other thing is like, by the time he gets into Notre Dame, we're an hour and like 10 minutes into the movie. Far in there. And then he's at tryouts and the coaches are like, it's going to be five days of hell, boys. And then Rudy gets his ass kicked like a handful of times, goes, I can do it, coach. And they're like, that Rudy kid has heart. You're on the team. Yeah, yeah. Like there do. wasn't... Uh, I thought we were really in for some like dramatic conflict ridden days of tryouts. Yeah. Well, I think he, they also keep saying like he had no athletic talent. He had zero. I'm like, well, he must've had some, he led his high school football team in tackle. Like if I walked onto Notre Dame, they would be like, he's going to die. You have to get to get off the field now. Like I have plantar fasciitis. (laughs) You know, I'm not, I'm not quick. I don't understand the plays. A like I would, crumb of bread will kill you. <laughs> yeah, really? Well, celiacs could play football. <laughs> I don't no, think that's going to stop them. No, you're just insulting me. <laughs> Thanks for coming on. Uh, no, I thought, yeah, like he must have done something good in pra- in real life. In real life, he must have made some plays. He must have been like just like he knew the X's and O's really well so he was always in the right spot so it was forcing the players on offense to like really have to study the other team's defense in the practice week like he had to have been providing a value to the football team anyway so it should have been about what it's like to be a a scrub is the term you used a scrub he's 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 a practice squad player he's like fourth yeah strength. and it should have been a story about what the practice squad guys do and rudy's at the helm because he's more passionate than anybody else and has a positive attitude no matter what yeah you know they uh and then he should like i don't know improve enough that they put him on and he actually did you ever see invincible with mark Wahlberg? no so it's a movie about the Eagles. It's cool. There's a lot of vintage Eagles t-shirts and Mark Wahlberg's rippling biceps. That's like Ooh. the main thing in the movie. Mm. And uh, he's a practice squad guy. And they do a little bit more of talking about that, like what it's like to be like, you know, he has a he has a touchdown mm-hmm. in, a, in a play in a, that has a little more significance to an Eagle. Like he sounds- helps ice an Eagles win against the Giants okay. at the uh, veteran stadium sounds in more like inspiring 70s. than let's it's pretty inspiring coming in in the last 30 seconds we got of the it. game made, in a you, blowout you've made your point but i don't think there's been a movie that's ever really and by the way uh backup listeners out there okay feel free to write into uh 
who gives a fuck at gmail.com. I don't know. <laughs> Eric Helwig comedy. You just write into my email. I don't care. Uh, if there's a movie that I'm not thinking of, tell me, but I've never seen a movie that really does a deep dive on that, on like the roster crunch, like the guys that every, you know, it's almost like uh, hard knocks. Like there's that TV show where you're watching them make a roster before a season starts and you get really attached to all these guys and you learn their stories and then they all get cut because you have to be really good to make an NFL team. Mm -hmm. And so I think that would have been cool to see more of that. Like, remember he has a friend that's also on the practice squad that never gets to dress. Yeah. Like that guy's story. Like that should be the main friend in the movie. Right. Not like John Favreau. Yeah, and there's like this storyline with this girl that went to Notre Dame that was like pretty, and then she was like, she served no purpose. No, that no that no, that I think that served a purpose. That was like, remember that time Rudy couldn't get pussy, <laughs> <laughs> but like he never That's even pursued her. Yeah, he was just like fucking was talking just about like, Notre Dame Hi, football. The I whole love time. Notre Dame football. She was like, "Come paint the helmets." He was like, "Okay," and then he like gets drunk and is like, "I don't go to Notre Dame." And she's like, "Well, you can't paint the helmets anymore." And then like that's it. <laughs> yeah. No, whenever I whenever I watch like movies from the eighties where there's like a female love interest, I'm always like, "Okay, let's see how uh, fucking uncomfortable this movie's gonna write a love scene between two. Let's <laughs> let's see, let's check out this movie thirty years pre Me Too and see how mad it makes my wife." But he doesn't even attempt. No, he does nothing. No, he's just like, oh, "Look, they put more gold in the football helmet." Did you he's did you such know a that? Fucking nerd. He's a little bit of a nerd. All right, I think Rudy might suck. <laughs> I, th I think it might suck. I just can't believe that I that guy is like the sports hero well, you for... Well, you have to stop saying... Look, the movie isn't him. That's like the movie that they wrote. Yeah. So we don't know that that guy was like that. He could have been a badass in real life. You know, he's committing crimes as a 70-year-old man. That dude's got some balls. You know, I, I, he could have he been cooler. You don't think committing securities fraud is like kind of cool? It's a little cool. Yeah, that's what the real life Rudy went on to do. <laughs> he was a motivational speaker Got and then he defrauded a bunch of people out of money. sack <laughs> in a Notre Dame game yeah. during a blowout where it was inconsequential <laughs> and then he committed securities fraud. Yeah. Yeah, we were Googling him afterwards and we were like, oh, Rudy. Rudy. <laughs> Come on, buddy. That dude, dude's got a great PR person. He does. And he also went to, he went to Notre Dame. It's like, it's a college football heaven. Yeah. You know, okay. that one shot where he can't get into the game and that's, the, it that's rises. That's the best part of the movie. That's a good shot. That's a great shot. The stuff that. when they're kids, you like the beginning where they're kids and yeah, they're playing. And it seemed like, you know, it was setting us up for... Um, you know what it was what, journey, what, it, what it was setting us up for was another hour of the exact same <laughs> theme being bashed and then there's the part where his brother starts fucking his fiance you remember yeah, that that's also like and they kind of like drop it they just drop that in there for no reason yeah and like rudy does nothing about it they really kind of just like sad. They really kind of make Rudy a cuck. <laughs> he kind of gets cucked out in the movie a few times. He really does. It's weird. It's a weird. And it, and we were saying this too. Like it's it's got this like inspirational kind of like cheese ball-y feel. But they're saying like fuck and twat and cunt. Yeah. Like like it's got all these like filthy words in it too. 
that feel very out of place for what's happening. But it's also rated PG. Really? Yeah. They say cunt like 35 times. They don't times. say cunt. They call Rudy a pussy. No, my goal is just to get you to say cunt on my podcast. I say cunt on your podcast every time <laughs> I come onto your podcast. Yeah, you do. Um, okay. I guess that's that. I guess that's that. Uh, we, we've been going for like 40 minutes now. And uh, look, I, I swore I wouldn't let you do what you did to Joker. Also a bad movie. Yeah, a movie that I enjoyed. We're in the theater. We're watching it, having a good time. I'm having a good time. Look you're over- looking over at me with like tears in your eyes and you're going, this is the greatest movie ever. And yeah, and Liz- I'm sitting like with my arms crossed. Yeah, Liz just doing a Lena Dunham impression in the theater, <laughs> not liking Joker. And then trashing it afterwards and doing it effectively enough to where now I think Joker is kind of a piece of shit movie. Even though I will say- I feel like if you turn your brain off, it's got very appealing stuff in it. And I also love Joaquin Phoenix. Yeah, I so want to preface, great- this has nothing to do with sports, but I, I want to preface that like I was so stoked for that movie. Which one, Joker? For Joker. Or how were you feeling about Rudy though? I was like, you know, I was open-minded before going into Rudy. I love an inspiring sports narrative. Okay. Um, I was very excited for Joker. Remember, I would watch the, I watched the trailer multiple times. Like, I was hyped for that movie. Yeah. So I just want to say, like, you know, some people think, like, oh, okay, a girl didn't like Joker because she's a girl. I was, it was not. You were very, you were more excited for Joker than I was. We went, like, the day it came out. Yeah. Yeah. And we sat and you, like, wore, like, you dressed up like the Joker. (laughs) We sat in the very front. And you had, like, Joker (laughs) pom-poms. It was a whole thing. You were really into it. Yeah. What was the movie that we watched where the, the fat chick runs a marathon? Brittany runs a marathon. We watched that. That's a good movie. That was a great movie. That's very inspiring. That was very inspiring. She's the real Rudy. She's not the real Rudy. She, <laughs> she ran a marathon. No, the real, Rudy did not win a, the real run a Rudy. marathon. Look, you have to separate your criticism of the movie and the man, okay? <laughs> the man committed securities fraud. <laughs> He's a great man that played... On Notre Dame. He played at Notre Dame as a five foot six dude. Liz, he's three inches shorter than me. And he registered a sack. It's crazy. That's crazy. That is an accomplishment, even in a meaningless game. It's like. That just doesn't happen. There's no five foot six. Look, I'm not saying that that right. it's the way the story was presented made it way less inspiring than it could have been. They should have right. made that movie more of like a heartwarming light comedy than like a f- intense drama. Yeah. And they should have just lied. They should have just made Rudy the quarterback and he like wins no, the national title. No, they don't need that. Title. But there is a way to set up the stakes for what Rudy did accomplish and make it feel bigger and more important and more inspiring than they did. This is uh, Samwise Ganji's name you're fucking with here, it's, okay? This is Sean Astin. Okay. A great American he actor. He didn't write the movie. He did. <laughs> No, he did, for real. Did you know that? No, he didn't. It's the only I Googled the screenwriter. <laughs> are you really going to do that? You're gonna what do you tra- mean? Are you going to trash the screenwriter? No, but I wanted to know who wrote the movie. Who wrote the movie? I don't remember his name, but I, I Googled him. What's he? Has he written anything else? I don't know. Like Battle... Or like... What was that, what was that uh, Scientologist movie? Battlefield Earth? 
What? I'm just trying to think of bad movies. I don't know what that movie is. You never saw Battlefield Earth where like John Travolta's like a 10-foot alien? No. Really? Yeah, it sounds like you're making it up. No, it's like a four-hour movie that's no all it's, that it's all an allegory for Scientology. I mean, no, I've never seen it or heard of it. And it's got uh, Forrest Whitaker and John Travolta are like these aliens that come to Earth. Oh. And they have these really, it's pretty bad. Gotcha. Yeah. I remember my dad liked it, though. My dad likes every sci-fi movie. Yeah, he's a sci-fi guy. He's a sci-fi guy. He likes Gattaca a lot. Okay. All right. Well, <laughs> we've run out of things to talk about here. Um, con- uh, congratulations. On convincing you to not like Rudy that much. Yeah. Sorry. No, it, it, it does legitimately upset me. I know. I'm sorry. I don't like that you... I also think you prepared way more for this than I did, which is I've just dumb been ruminating on it for days. Yeah, I just like kind of let it go because <laughs> it's just a movie. <laughs> they hate it that much. Jeez, like you get, you get no, on you me... you know when something's like really hyped up and it like... It's not just that it doesn't quite live the hype to the hype, but it's like the opposite. That's what I went through. Yeah, I'm trying to. Has there has there been a situation where I've turned you on a movie that you really liked? Mm, probably. Yeah, I can't think of one though. Probably because it hasn't happened, <laughs> and you're just trying to pretend like this is a we we do this all the time. But no, it's you talking me out of movies that I like. Yeah. Yeah, but I didn't. You know, it's 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 my fault too. I didn't have to have you on the pod today. I brought I brought this on myself. Yeah. We should let the people go. Let them go. I have like an hour and twenty interview after this. Like they're la- they're not even halfway through. Their journey's just. We've been begun. talking for too long. <laughs> I'm just. I'm trying to be conscientious of your audience's time. Fuck my audience. They're fine. <laughs> this podcast is gonna be two and a half hours. You long. guys can fast forward. Yeah, yeah. Well, they can always do that. Yeah. A lot of people listen to podcasts on one point five speed. I can't do that. No. Um, you are, you are much more worried about my audience's experience than I am. I never think of that when I'm doing the podcast. I think of how they annoy me and and they don't even, they're not even doing anything. Right. But they still get on my nerves sometimes. Can't be healthy. Why? To have like kind of like a combative relationship (laughs) with my podcast audience? Yeah. I just don't like how everybody kisses their audience's ass. You know, a lot of people are like, they, I don't think people, people really have podcasts and they're, they're like, Hey, my, my, my podcast is called, uh, chocolate chips. Hey, what's up chippies? Hey, how are all the chips? How's the chip gang doing? To have a name. Let's, let's find, let's, <laughs> let's, uh, create, an Eric Helwig's bringing the backups fan fandom name. Sheep. <laughs> <laughs> All right, no, I sheep. No, no, I, I, they could be the backups. They could be the the bench warmers. Bench warmers is cute. They could be, they could be the uh, second string. How's my second string doing out there? Nah, I like bench warmers. It's cute. But bench warmers is already a movie. So, I just feel like bench warmers isn't like it's not unique enough. Yeah. Ruminate on this. I'll think about it. Let's do this. I'll come up with something the I really Rudy like. Rudy haters. I'll, I'll come up with something. I, the what? Rudy haters. The Rudy hater. No, they. I hope. <laughs> let me say this. I hope this. I hope this argument has convinced only me. I hope so too. I don't want to ruin things that people love. And Are you sure? Out of. Are you sure about that? Because we have a we've established a pattern. I didn't invite myself on this podcast. No, but you've been like you were in a bad mood I the day after Rudy. Day and I'm like, what Rudy. is wrong with you? And you're like, you've been trying to. You pretend like you don't want to change my mind. But you did it with Joker. You did it with this. 
Stay away from the Batman movies. Joker's the only one that I didn't like. I know, but I just don't want that tainted okay. for me. Think about Joker. <laughs> Enough. <laughs> All right. Thanks for coming on the show, Liz. All right. Thank you. Love you. Bye. Look to me. Yeah. Love you. Not oh. to your Well, it fans. sounded like you were saying... No, I was saying it to you. Why don't you say bye to me, though? Because I'm going to leave the room. Well, don't leave the room. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna to intro the interview that's coming next. Well, why do I have to be here for that? Because it'd be weird if you're rustling around. Oh. I mean, it's going to take 10 seconds. Right. All right. This interview's done, and now we're going to go to Colby Dant of uh, the Sports Gambling Podcast Network. Uh, you know him from the college football experience. Colby, uh, good friend of the show. Hang out for the second interview Liz, one last time, uh, tell the audience, uh, you know, where they can find you and support your comedy. It's at Liz Galales across all social media platforms. My name is spelled... What? Why did you sigh? I don't know. You sighed before I gave you a so chance. I I, it's at Liz Galales. My, my name is spelled L-I-Z-G-A-L-A-L-I-S. At Liz Galales. All right. Thanks for coming on the show. Thanks. All right. Here comes our interview with Colby. Okay. Look, they can never keep me down, I'm going And if I ever fail, just know I'll go again I never quit, cause I know that every loss May lead to another win, I'm going up I, I bet when I land, they gon' tell me it's luck again See that I'm winning, it's harder to watch I'm setting the stage, you should give me my prize That's a sweet shirt oh, I told you, I just noticed the 55 in his head Oh yeah, buddy Boz. Now is he, uh, yeah, it's Brian Bosworth It's not a video podcast, so the audience is like What the fuck are they talking about? Is, are those Seattle colors? Because he was with the Seahawks. He was with the Seahawks, but obviously, you know, became a bit, bit of a legend at uh, Oklahoma. You know, he's just, uh, and became an action star after that. You know, this guy did it all. He got ran over by Bo Jackson. He actually, that's the thing, so he was actually going to be, you ever hear like Matt Millen who. Uh, he wasn't bad. He wasn't a bad player. He was going to be really good if he had not had that injury. Yeah. But I also think some of that injury might have been the the steroid thing. I'm not sure. Because, you know, uh I, I've heard horror stories from the, the, the steroid era in the 80s with, uh, like, cartilage and stuff. Oh, like it just fucks you up? Yeah, or... yeah and I think, I, I, I don't even re recall off the top of my head what exactly his injury is, but I thought, whatever it was, I thought cartilage had been a, a big issue there where maybe he had no cartilage, maybe it was bone on bone or something, but a lot of that, I think, was a result of the steroid thing. I, 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 I shouldn't be... Because I'm not factually, <laughs> I, I thought it was some type of shit where like, I, I think he did steroids at sure. Oklahoma and then perhaps in high school. But, uh, but yeah, he was, a, he was a kick-ass player, man. He was like, he, the, back in the day, they, were, they, they just glorified defensive players better in my opinion. Once again, I'm, I'm the I'm the I'm the Clint Eastwood. Get off my lawn! You know what I mean? They're gonna put dresses on them, dude. I watched like a game last week of like who was it? It was like Bears Giants, and or no, I was watching another game, and they're highlighting Bears Giants in the '80s or early '90s. It might have been I think it was '90, 1990 or 1991. Yeah, and they're like LT crushing quarterbacks against. Uh, Singletary delivering the knockout blows, right? And it's like next Monday night, and I was like, <laughs> "Fuck yeah, man!" Right? Like that's the football I want to see, dude. I remember watching a clip of uh, I'm a Birds fan, so it was uh, Ron Jaworski was playing against LT, and there was a a series where LT sacked him three plays in a row, and Jaworski's a statue in the pocket, 
And El- it was like every time he got hit, three consecutive plays, it was like getting comically crazier. Every- like I was expecting a fucking stone cold stunner, but on the third <laughs> one, like or like a scissor kick to the back of the head, he's just like launching himself over the lineman and then punting him in the fucking dick. It was insane. L- LT was like next level. Like he's an act. He was like. I mean, just unbelievable. And I was actually reading an article recently that had it not been for the USFL, uh, Belichick and Parcells were both sold on drafting Reggie White, but the owner didn't want a guy that might play in the USFL because Reggie White had been outspoken saying, like, I'm going to whoever pays me more if the Memphis Showboats pay me more. And and White was also from Tennessee, so they, they valued that as a risk pick. Because he was really, fr- but can you imagine if they would have had LT and Reggie White? <laughs> oh, oh man, they already won Super Bowls with LT and, I, and Carl Banks, or they ended up drafting that year. But getting uh, Reggie White would have been crazy. Wait, did they get two with the? How many the Giants? I know they won the one with Parcells. They got two. They got eighty six and and ninety. Okay, both with Parcells, both with Parcells. But they would have they they had they went to NFC championships a lot, man. They they, they had a good rivalry with the Niners. And they, I think even they played the Bears a couple times in the playoffs too. But it would have been crazy just to see both of them. But my main point was they highlight defensive players. It was now it, 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 it's got to no- be the quarterback. It's got to be the quarterback. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like it doesn't matter who it is. Kirk Cousins against Jimmy Garoppolo. Well, well, here's this is the honest question. What could a defensive player do now to even put on a highlight reel? Like every, yeah. every when you watch highlight reels of your favorite defensive players from the 90s and like even the early 2000s, it's all a penalty. I mean, I like Brian Dawkins. Yeah, Brian Dawkins used yeah. to launch himself like a fucking bat and then club people in the back. That that was his tackling style was like, I'm going to clothesline you, making my body look like an eagle. He was a great player. I, mean, I was a big fan of Brian Dawkins. Uh, we actually have something in, in, in our studio of, a, of a, like a mural of Brian Dawkins. But yeah, I mean, look, I get it. You, you got to change the game because of the CTE thing. But not. I, I, I just think there's a, f- a better fine line there. I don't think you, you really change the game. I think you, you make those hits illegal. You, uh, you know, p- find the players, but they've kind of gone overboard with it to me, in my opinion. You know what I mean? I still love football. I'll still be watching every game. But it, I'll put it like this. I, I turned the Super Bowl off this year. I turned the Super Bowl. Oh, I couldn't wow. do it, man. It was just too many flags. Yeah. Too many flags. I just said, I can't. And I had money on Tampa, so I still won money. But it was like every, I don't understand it. They're throwing pass interference on every play. And like I said, I had money on Tampa. I'm rooting for Tampa. The same exact plays were happening for Kansas City, and they're calling pass interference on them. You know what I mean? Like yeah, yeah. I, I just didn't understand. I'm like, I don't know what is what. It's like a gray area now. It's like I, yeah. in the eighties or nineties or even two thousands, I could sit there and say, "Oh no, that's pass interference." And occasionally they'd miss some, but now it's like I have no idea. I have no idea. But like, what is what is truly pass interference? Because they call one thing, and that very next possession, that same will do the the other team will do the exact same thing, and they won't call it. So it just leaves you in this really. Just appreciate the game. It feels like it feels dirty in a way when you win and you're like, half the calls could have gone the other way and I wouldn't have even had a thing to say about it because it's like, at least there was clarity when you watch old football games where you're like, okay, I know what a penalty is. They call a penalty, they call pass interference when the cornerback like knifes the receiver. You're like, okay, you're not allowed to do that. And besides that, it's legal. 
And like whether or not that's like, you know, they, they needed to make changes. At least it was clear when you were watching it what you could do and what you couldn't do. Now it's like you know, if you're going to have it where like you just can't fucking tackle people anymore – at least just make it a clear rule so I can get used to it when I'm watching. But I feel like every play now, when the Eagles are on defense, like they make a tackle and I'm like, does that one count? Yeah, yeah. Does that one count? You're holding your breath. And, and you're, you're like, I don't even know what, I don't even know how you would fucking sack a quarterback like safely. Well, that's the thing is like, I, I like, I don't want to be coming on here and being all negative, but the reality is like, I don't find the game that more entertaining. I, I think it's worse and the uh, the inconsistency is such a mess that it, it makes me it, it just makes it like just uh, how about this if you're gonna call pass interference that often, um, just make it just make it mandatory ten yards. You can't do a spot foul on something that I remember. I think Brady threw like a deep ball in the Super Bowl, and uh, they caught like the the receiver tripped on the corner's feet, right? But it was clearly overthrown. Yeah, right? yeah, yeah. This is like a fifty yard penalty, right? Because, and I, I really think you could make the case that, I mean, to me, it's incidental contact. It was 100%. I, and I have money on Tampa. I'm rooting for Tampa. And I'm like, you can't call that. You can't. That's a 50-yard. That's a touchdown. Yeah. You're giving them a touchdown, essentially, because of that incidental contact. And I, I, know, I mean, I, just to get to the core of it, it, it all goes back to, uh, to Bill Polian and, and Peyton Manning. Those guys are my, my nemesis. Like, now, here's the question. Your winnings from the Super Bowl. Yeah. What charity did you donate that to because you felt wrong about winning? <laughs> Who did my, you? My, my girlfriend's charity, <laughs> right? My girlfriend's charity. She got some, some, uh, some, uh, probably a, few, a nice dinner and some cocktails out of it. There you so, go. There you are go. you get when you're treating your girl? Do you are you guys more of like you guys do like experience? Like let's go out for dinner. Let's go see a thing. Or do you, are you like a jewelry no, necklace kind of guy? It's more experience. Um, mainly because I just haven't just been like, hey, jewelry's fucking expensive. Yeah, I'd rather get. I'm not getting any satisfaction out of the jewelry. If we go, <laughs> if we go, if we go to a nice restaurant, then then it's like, hey, well, at least I had you know the 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 pasta or whatever, whatever we got at the time. So, yeah. You know. How long have you been with your girl? Uh, well, we started seeing each other about two years ago, and then we, it was weird. We took like a, a break, uh, mainly because I was on I was out of town. All right. A lot. And then when COVID hit, came, uh, started started up again, and, and I'm actually going to get married, man. October 10th. Are you serious? Yeah, October Dude, 10th, fucking man. fucking yeah, congratulations. Go, That's man. awesome. Yeah. So it worked out. It was kind of a crazy situation. When did this happen? When did when did the, the, enga the engagement? Oh, that happened a couple weeks back. Yeah, a couple weeks nice. back. So just, I mean, uh, kind of all of this happened uh, on the fly. I mean, I would have never thought because of COVID. You know, I kind of had thought that that relationship had had moved along. Um, I, I liked her, but I just thought, you know, we were. I was out of town every other weekend. Yeah, yeah. So it just, and then when COVID happened, and it was like, hey, it's getting it's getting mighty lonely in this apartment. No, but but then then I got to see a completely different side of her and stuff. So it was great, and uh, yeah. About, uh, about, I don't know, six weeks ago, probably. That's a silver lining for uh, a world pandemic, right? You finding yeah. love well, in a really nice way? I mean, that's, well, that's the thing is like, I mean, it fits my life. Like I couldn't find love. It took a, it took a once in a century pandemic. Yeah, yeah no, it love, took you know? like 50 million people in India dying Di by yes, the end of this yes. sentence <laughs> to make you fucking put a ring on it. Right. <laughs> exactly, man. Exactly. So, uh, yeah. So, so we got that going. Um, 
she, she's a she's from we're from different cultures, different countries. So that that's good because she she's on board with American football. That's a big deal. That's a big, big deal. deal. First question I ask is like, what do you think of American football? <laughs> she's like, I have no idea about it. Tell me about the rules. But I like the contact, and I go, yeah, yeah, yeah me too, me too. Wait, where's she from? Uh, she's from Colombia. Okay. Right? Well, I mean, football in Colombia and also the rest of the world is still contact, but it's not fun. Well, Colombia takes their soccer crazy. I mean, you remember that? Uh, <laughs> there's a 30 fucking, for 30. They killed the yeah, fucking goalie? Yeah, yeah, yeah exactly. I, so. I think saying they take it seriously is a <laughs> motherfucking understatement. Well, you may, I mean, look, as a gambler, we've all had that moment where the kicker misses the field goal and you think about it. <laughs> Columbia just they got drunk enough and they did something about it you know what I mean Jesus Christ I I was saying on on the podcast recently like whenever the US is playing another country in soccer I feel bad rooting for the US because I know like we don't really give a shit if we win but it matters other (laughs) places like it's fucking life and death like yeah, these, mean, these Iranians will never see their family again <laughs> if we beat them eight to zero, and we're just like, yeah, USA. I'm like, I'm a, I'm a very patriotic person. Not when the Olympics and when the World Cup comes around. I'm like, I want us out in the first round. I want as many people to live longer lives as possible. 100%. No one should die over this. Like, I feel like when you watch, like, you know, like Russia, or Ukraine, or I don't know, probably uh, some random country, you're probably like, man, if they don't win gold, they might die. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> yeah. They at least got a place. You know what I mean? Well, like, what kind of what kind of yeah. asshole is hoping that like England beats Myanmar? Like, no, like let them win. Like they really fucking. I remember when uh, Ghana beat the U.S. Yeah. That was fucking sweet. Yeah. Who who was not happy about exactly, that? Exactly, man. Exactly. Like you got to be happy with that. I, haven't, I think it was like it was the the uh, women's team was dominating in soccer this year. They just fucking steamrolled everybody. They were beating some country like eleven to two, and every time the U.S. women would score a goal, they were like, you know, telling the you know other goalkeeper to suck it and just fucking just being American and shit. And I was like, <laughs> these women, they will not make it off the bus for wherever they're going back to. Like, we should fucking chill. Yeah. On yeah. how like do we need to beat them by fifteen goals? Yeah, yeah, like, yeah, yeah. it's not. <laughs> I'm not trying to be a dick, but, like, fucking let up. Yeah, let's lose all that. And we have the built-in excuse of, like, well, if Lawrence Taylor or, or, you know, LeBron James played in, you know, soccer, we would just absolutely dominate you. And then they would just say no, and then we could move along. And I have no problem with our our basketball team just lost to, like, France, I think Loving it. it. Loving it. Have that. Have that all day. All right? But just know World War II happened. All right? (laughs) (laughs) You fucking pussies. (laughs) That's, like, my favorite, like, American... uh, point of ego is like this thing that happened 50 years before i was born dude suck my, my dick my baby. grandfather held, held a grudge though but i guess it's his era so uh, you know was your grandfather in the war uh yeah no he actually he wanted to but because of a back issue he had to be that guy that stayed back where everyone else went mm-hmm. and he, he had a big problem like within himself about that like it, you know he felt like man a lot of my friends died in world war ii and because of my back issues, they did not want me to go over there. You would think you would just say, hey, come on. It's a back issue. Yeah. He, All right? Yeah, he'd be like, uh, he'd pretend to pull it as he's walking up to the registration table. Like, oh, I filled a pinch yeah. there. My bad. I mean, maybe he did. But I, apparently, like from uh, like I said, I mean, he died uh, when I was a kid. So it's like I'm not, it's not like I had a grown conversation about this. But yeah. my mom said it always bothered him. My grandfather was in World War II for the Germans. 
Really? True story. He, got, he lived in Germany, was born there, got drafted when he was 15 years old, and then got wounded at Normandy, captured by the British, traded to the Americans, was a POW in the United States. Then the war ended. He was like friends with his prison guard, and then he moved to America. No shit. And his, he, his prison guard was his sponsor to have him That's come like, back uh, over. Is that a fucking, are you writing a screenplay on this? That's, I should. It's yeah. fucking crazy. That's his, unbelievable. His like prisoner of war, I'm a German kid during fucking Hitler stories are insane. Wow. Like wow. it's like it's it, when you talk about it something being another world, it's like And I like how that you, you use yeah. the term traded. Like like it was like a like like we're sitting in the in, okay, I like what he brings to the table here. He's athletic, he's got this. He's got you some know? he's got some grenade yeah. shrapnel on his knee. I think that's going to affect him. <laughs> That ACL's not looking good. No, but that is wild, man. What a, that's the thing, though, about we're just like our generation. What's the worst? 9-11, obviously. But I mean, yeah, I mean, I was in D.C. at the time. So like that was I don't know. Where, where were you for 9-11? In D.C. My dad worked in the Pentagon. Oh, oh no shit. Yeah, he died. No, I just wanted to Jeez, fuck with okay. I want to make I'm you like, feel like shit. Hey. No, we thought yeah. he was dead for the whole day. Really? Because, well, because remember in D.C. Nobody's, Wait, he really worked for the Pentagon, though? Yes, he was in the Pentagon. Okay, okay. He was in the Pentagon. I'm like in class. And then, uh, wow, this fucking, Jesus, we're really going into I my know. grandfather in the war and 9-11. Can't 9/11. wait to see how you twist this into Jeff Blake. <laughs> <laughs> I wouldn't have, uh, if I do have a good transition later, I deserve a fucking medal for that. <laughs> uh, no, so we were, I'm in school, I, I was going to school in Arlington in high school, and uh, whatever, see the towers go in, uh, you know, we're all celebrating, I'm just kidding. Uh, no, we see, the tower, we see the towers explode, and then the Pentagon comes up. And I'm like, holy fucking shit. That's where my dad works. Jeez, no, that must no, have been crazy. Nobody's dude. cell phone works. So you, nobody can get yeah. a hold of anybody in D.C. because everybody was calling. So I go the whole day in school until almost like 3 o'clock. Like the, my last class was a religion class. I was in a, a Catholic high school. And they're like, Eric, come down to the um, office. Your mom's on the phone. Oh, my God. That walk has got to be brutal. Oh, and what was even worse was the class I was in. I've never told this story before. I, I don't think I'll cry. I won't. Uh, I, I might, though. I, yeah, yeah, please do. Yeah. Let's let's lock eyes while yeah, I'm telling There we it. go. No, so the teacher had been like, uh, please stop using your phones. You're clogging up the the uh, yeah. airwaves for people. Stop going home. Like, just stay. You're, the ambulances need to get in. So I guess kids had been leaving. And so she thought I was just calling my mom to, like, leave school. So as I was getting up to go find out if my dad was dead, she goes, Eric, I'm so disappointed in you. Like, as I'm walking out of the fucking room. Anyway, I get there, and it's my mom, and they're like, you know, whatever, he's alive. Hey, that's still crazy. I mean, that's... You know, I've I've never said this either, but this is the end of the story. My parents were getting divorced at the time. Like, they had just separated. And I remember that night, they, like, it was not a good situation. But that night, we all went out to a family restaurant, and I was like, maybe they can get back together because we're all, like, really Showing happy. And, like, yeah. yeah, and yeah. it was like, that's honestly the memory I have the most vividly from 9-11 was like, hey, family, yeah. family might be getting back together now. Kind of like your memory of COVID is going to be true love. That's what I'm talking about. I guess that would be the second thing, though, honestly, when, <laughs> yeah. when you compare it to, like, my parents or my grandparents' life. It's like they lived through Great Depression. They lived through, uh, you know, uh, World War Two, World War One, and uh, what? No alcohol for a decade, allegedly. Um, that's pretty. That's a pretty big. Uh, 
it's pretty big, you know, catastrophic events going on in your life where ours yeah. are like, yeah, we get 9-11. I, I, I think maybe George Floyd might, might, uh, might that be that counts. Yeah. And then COVID. COVID. Yeah. Yeah, COVID. I think COVID's going to be the big one. Yeah. I mean, think about it. Well, they had one too. My grandparents had one too. What, Which, what, what do they what, have? What, what, what uh, the last pandemic we had was like, what, 19? Uh, 1919? Yeah. Spanish flu? So I think my grandmother would have been like a five-year-old then or something. I don't know. I don't remember what year she was Do born. Do we give her credit if she was five? Just saying you lived through it, man, right? All right, yeah, fair, you know? enough, fair enough, fair Just right. when you think about, I think about, I, I bug out sometimes just about like my dad talk, tells stories. My dad was born in the 40, late 40s and he tells stories of like watch or listening to a game on the radio. And I go, fuck, man, that's crazy. Now, like, so he just, they had no concept of what the internet would be. No. You know what I mean? Like, so in his lifetime, think about, he's listen to games on radios. He would remember, you know, the, I think it was the Giants Colts NFC championship known as one of the best games ever, uh, or, or NFL championship at the time. Uh, Unitas, he was like, yeah, we're listening to this on the radio. And then like, so then he, it, that transforms to that. My dad gets a TV in the late fifties and they start watching games there. And then now you have the internet. Think about that though. By the time he dies, Hopefully, you know, we got some more years, some more decades left with dad, but I'm saying like, that's pretty crazy. So think about what our lifetime will be with sports wise. Well, sports wise. Yeah. Uh, sports wise, baseball will be gone, which makes me sad. You think but baseball will be gone? I, I think, I, I don't know. I, I'm I, hope- think, I, I, I think f- there's a chance football could. I think there's maybe even a better chance of football's gone. Michael Moore, as much as I am not a big fan. <laughs> Uh, not a big fan of Double M. Not a big fan of the mother from Goonies, um, but <laughs> uh, <laughs> but you know he's like by 2050 there'll be no football, and I'm like, oh, you fucking get out of here. He I might not be wrong. I'm it thinking sucks. though the money is too substantial. Yeah, they'll find a way to keep making money on it. I mean, I feel like that is protects the be- it. That's the that protects it. Yeah, it protects it and it like dooms it at the same time. Yeah, because like I mean I was. I want there to be another league to compete with the NFL. Oh. I feel like that would be so the fucking U- good. The United States Football League. It's got me excited, this news, even though they haven't released anything besides Doug Floaty just having a video saying, hey, it's coming back, and Fox is a partner. Um, well, you don't think the XFL could do that, too? I do, but I have more hope for the USFL. Like, the XFL... Um, it's I mean, too tied to wrestling. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. It's too tied to wrestling. Like, they, they changed... Look, I, I still watched the heck out of the XFL, right? Oh, yeah, I did too. And I look, I'm the type of guy that football or basketball, if it's on, you watch it. I'm watching it. I don't care if it's a, a you know a pickup game in, in Puerto Rico. You know what I mean? Like, I, I'm in. Yeah. Um, but I, I just think the USFL, I just want to see football kind of say, you know, push back a little bit. You know, like, I want the real kickoff. I don't like the XFL kickoff. Yeah, yeah. I thought it was, I, I'll give them credit because I think they're trying to, to keep it in the game. But I want the real kickoff. Like, to me, yes, injuries happen, guys. <laughs> All right? <laughs> There's risk. You're never going to make the game unriskable. You know what I mean? So it's like, I know I have this staunch uh, opinion of like, oh, well. And I don't even know as a guy that, I mean, I, didn't, I never played at a, at, a, at a real level, like a real elite level but I'm saying like I don't even know that I buy in I thought kind of thought that the NFL's marketing as a ploy in case they did come for them is that well more injuries happen on special teams so yeah. that so so that if you got rid of special teams it wouldn't really ruin the game I don't know that I really believe that more injuries happen on special teams though 
I don't know. I mean, I feel like it's one of those stats that you'll find out and you'll be like, like, I remember reading a stat that the most injuries happen in baseball. And I was like, well, that, that seems like you play 162 games, you you play 162 (laughs) games and most baseball players are terrible athletes. So that's why they have one very specific skill. Remember Gary Gaetti, just a fat ass first baseman. (laughs) He was a damn good player, but yes, sure. Dude, Uh, dude, all of, if who was the guy, who's the guy, uh, on the giants that was good for a couple seasons. Big dude. Uh, recently or, or what, what, what era are we talking? Uh, he's, I think he's still in the league now, but he was good on the Giants. They called him like Panda Man. Panda Bear. Oh, uh, Big Bear. No, 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 no. Fat no, Bear. No, no, I know you're talking pa- about. Pa- uh, Pedro Sandoval. Yes, yes, yes. yes okay, yes. the fact that a, a guy could be that clearly out of shape. Mo Vaughn. <laughs> yes. John Crook. So one of my John Crook. Yeah. One of my and favorite I love John Crook. Who doesn't love? But that's John also Kruk. what made baseball so unique. See, I, and I, I like I said, I feel like I, I I'm I'm this negative guy whenever I enter these conversations. <laughs> but the innocence of the sports are gone in a way. You know what I mean? Like I like the fact that uh, that you know uh, you're traditional first baseman was out of shape and looked like probably was your mechanic. You know what I mean? Like I kind of dug that era of sports where now there's so much money involved. It's almost like how I I remember there was a guy on the, you remember the twins in like the early two thousands had this great, like they were a small ball defense baseball team and they had a first baseman named Doug Minkiewicz, one of the great names. I remember. Yeah. And he was like this kind of like slender in shape, defensive-minded first baseman, and I was like, tell that motherfucker to gain 60 pounds before he goes anywhere near first base. I don't like that. I don't like the first baseman (laughs) looking all fucking svelte and like a fucking Abercrombie model. Fuck that. Big, fat dude, like smoking a cigarette during the game. That's that's what first base is for. Dude, it's like in basketball. I mean, there should be... You want to talk about a pandemic... There was a pandemic, and I think me and you talked about this a little bit when we did some stand-up on on white men, like tall white men. Like that, look, there were some players that could legit play, but yeah. there was a lot of what I call lawn chairs, right? <laughs> and I, I use lawn chairs in football for like a, a very unathletic quarterback that was very lucky to be in the 80s or 90s because he would never cut it in today's league. But especially in basketball, during the NBA uh, in the 80s, I'd say from the, like 1984 to like... 2004, you had like a 20-year window where they just stole money. Like Todd McCullough was just stealing money. You know what I mean? Like, God bless him. But I'm saying like he got a gigantic contract and he really couldn't do anything besides take up space. Let's keep going Sixers. I got Matt Geiger for you. Yes. How about Matt Geiger dropping (laughs) an 18-footer and being like, this guy's got game. He was more skilled than McCullough. He could shoot. Yeah, he, he was more Geiger skilled than shoot. McCullough. Yeah, but he still. I he get still your point. Sucked. Yes, <laughs> I mean, I, I grew up a Bullets fan, so like Jim McElwain was one that just completely stole money. The Sonics. He played good for like two weeks when Mirasan was out, which is even more hilarious. But uh, uh, the, the Sonics gave him like an eighty million dollar contract, and you're just like, what? This guy couldn't score in a gym yeah. by himself. You know what I mean? Like Chris Dudley. Remember Chris, Chris Dudley for Dudley. the Knicks. I mean, Luke Longley, so many, I mean, literally they, there should yeah. be a 30 for 30, but how much money they stole because they stole money. <laughs> <laughs> There's no other way to break it down. And if, if I was a black athlete at the time, I'd just be furious. You're like, what does he do? What does he do? My cousin Steve can do the same fucking thing. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> Dude, I fully agree with you. Yeah. I think, uh, I don't, I don't know what that is, but like 
Did you? I, I we might have talked about this at the stand up show too. I don't remember, but the Kwame Brown stuff. Oh, um, I mean, what stuff specifically? All of it. Okay, I love it. Yeah, yeah. To yeah. me, that was like a redefining because, like, when I think of Kwame Brown, I mean, I was in D.C. when he was drafted. That was two thousand one. That was when yeah. Jordan was back. And I was like, he was, he's literally my age. And I remember with my friends being like, this dude fucking sucks. Fuck you. And I'm not even a Wizards fan. Just like, it's fun to shit on something and the snowball's already going. I'll help push that down the hill. And then to to look back on it now and be like, he played in the league for, what was it? 12 years. Yeah. Fucking generational, life-changing money for his family. Was 17 years old and had psychopath Michael Jordan screaming in his ear. (laughs) Straight up child abuse. Straight uh, up, like, what the fuck is happening? I grew up with a guy that was a ball boy for the Wizards. And he told me a story of Michael Jordan, like, apparently, like, he would come to watch practice and, like, crack open a six-pack or 12-pack and just take it down. You know oh what I mean? God. By himself. And at one time he got pissed at Kwame, Kwame Brown's effort in practice. And allegedly the story is is that uh, he, he had, like, a six-pack or 12-pack. I'd have to ask him again. But uh, and then he he beat Kwame Brown one on one. He was like forty five drunk. drunk. Beats him one on one because he he gets pissed. And I could and after you watch that Bulls documentary, you're like, oh yeah, he did this. Oh, th- it's hundred percent. This is not an urban legend. I like like there's a weird balance right now, like in sports where it's like we're all very concerned with the mental health of the athletes. The mental health is important, you know. Not me. Well, that's. Good. <laughs> <laughs> that's good. It's good to hear. I'm like, you signed up. You signed up. It's like everyone everyone on Twitter, everyone on Twitter was talking about Carson Wentz. I feel sorry for him. He's injured. Motherfucker signed a $100 million contract. I have no sympathy for you. All right? I have zero sympathy for you. You, you agreed to play the game. And he got injured in non-contact, too. But yeah, I'm saying Teddy like, Bridgewater style. Yes. Look, yeah. my thing is like, oh, yeah, I, whatever. You made $100 million, dude. I feel... Now, if it's the college player, like I remember... Anthony Poindexter was a safety from Virginia that uh, ended up ended up playing. Uh, he's actually the defensive co- co-defensive coordinator of Pitt or of, of, of Penn State right now, but he elected to come back his senior year, and he would have been like a first round draft pick. And oh, he no. had a really bad knee injury, and then he ends up never. Basically, I think he might have been in a camp for the Cleveland Browns, but yeah, yeah. I, that one I felt like damn because I I was always an advocate of like go pro. Oh, GoPro! I don't dude. care if if you get if you get your chance to make money, go to to even say like professional athletes have a small window is unfair to a, a small window. It is ne- it's like right now the second you can do something to better your position to make money immediately, you have to fucking do but it. But that's how we knew our society was racist as shit, though. What do you I, mean? I remember in the nineties. Like let's I I I'm just gonna pick a player randomly. Like Rasheed Wallace is coming out as a sophomore. They'll say, oh, you know, that he did. He should have stayed in school. Look at they would always like Tim Duncan stayed in school and more credit to him. But I'm saying like they used him as like this model example, <laughs> and they made like Rasheed Wallace look like the biggest piece of shit. Like he was like, oh, yeah. he's you know he could only take one year at UNC or two years at UNC. I always felt like there was a uh, like. A racial yes, thing to it. I always thought that, man. Well, dude, I think there was that with even Kwame Brown, like because he was straight from high school and they didn't want, I don't think the NBA or the NCAA wanted people doing that. They wanted the athletes to have to come through the colleges. So they were like, let's hope this guy fucking sucks. Everybody pile on and let's make the name Kwame Brown a fucking laughing stock. And so it kind of like 
scared other high school athletes to be like, I don't want that kind of fucking attention. Could, uh, I can and that's see why that. that's why people would do like the one and done, like the Carmelos at Syracuse and all that stuff. Yeah. I think all that shit is like coordinated. And also I'm out we wanna talk about how we can talk about racism in the nineties affecting sports. Here's the proof I need. I do a show about backup quarterbacks. Scott Zolak, his like career numbers at Maryland, he was like twelve touchdowns, thirty interceptions, and he got drafted in the fourth round. Yeah. Well, like, well that's it, what happens when you don't let black dudes play quarterback in the nineties is Scott Zolak keeps his job and then gets fucking drafted. I mean, this is a hundred percent like I, I am a hundred percent on board with the fact how racist it was. I, I witnessed it, you know, I, I can I, I I know we're supposed to talk about Jeff Blake, and it's funny because I've had Jeff Blake on, on my show, and I, I, I'm a big Jeff Blake fan. First of all, I think he was a really underrated quarterback, was on a, on a bad yeah. team. But I remember, and I told Jeff this uh, on our show, like actually on the, on, the, on the actual show, was that I remember a time when, you, when you're a kid, you, you, you're blind of race, right? Yeah. Uh, at least for me, it was like that. You didn't really think of it uh, in any negative way or anything, or, or you just didn't know. You just didn't know. You're just dumb. And I remember, you know, the Redskins won a Super Bowl with Doug Williams in, in 87. And I was at like a, uh, a party. Like my uncle had some type of party. He was in the Army. So it was at an American Legion in Maryland. And I, I remember get going there and hearing this conversation that a black quarterback couldn't win a Super Bowl. It wasn't from my uncle, but I'm saying the, the, a group of people were having this conversation at this party. Yeah. And I said, what year was that? This is probably like 91, 90, something in that yeah, vicinity, yeah. maybe even 92 or 93, right? Um, and I remember on the way home asking my mom and dad, saying, Didn't Doug Williams already run a Super Bowl? It makes no sense. He has 10 fingers just like us. Why would, you know, as a kid, you just you can't make sense of it. You're like, yeah, What do yeah. you mean? It's like Art Monk's their wide receiver. He's like one of the best in the NFL. You know, what the hell are you talking about? Right? And, and I remember my dad just telling me, like, Those are idiots. Like, but I, that was legit. And I believe. I just believe there's too much talent. The college, my brother brought this up recently. My, my my older brother, he was like college football was way ahead of the time because when you think about the most athletic players, for the most part, they are black athletes, right? Yeah. And and he was college football with like Charlie Ward was an unbelievable athlete that played in the NBA and probably in today's, if Charlie Ward was in college right now, he probably would have been a first or second round draft pick. Well, what did he play in college? He was quarterback? quarterback of Florida State, won the Heisman okay, Trophy. Yeah, yeah. But he was a little undersized, but like nothing crazy. He's like Russell Wilson's height or something. I mean, I think he was like six one actually. So maybe maybe six foot something like that. I had to pull it up. But um, that, there was like a stereotype back then of like, hey, they they can't they can't play the the game, you know. And it was like ridiculous, absolutely ridiculous. And Jeff Blake, I think, was one that when I he he completely agreed with me, with me when I said that he was like, dude, imagine he only had one scholarship. Uh, he, he, to ECU? He, yeah, that was the only one that off. Everyone wanted to make him a wide receiver corner. Ugh. So D, East Carolina was the only one to offer him, only D1 school to offer him a uh, scholarship to play quarterback. Steve Logan um, was the head coach at the time. But, I mean, that in, in his he had great stats in, in high school at Florida, too. So it was like yeah. it made no sense. And it he made was, no and he sense. was fucking yeah. sick yeah. in college. Yeah. And yes. he, got, he got drafted by the Jets. And then ends up, you know, uh, Coslett, Bruce Coslett drafted him by the Jets. And uh, then Coslett became the, the head coach of the Bengals. And the Jets had cut him, I think. And then he was like, dude, come play for us in Cincinnati. But, I mean, that, at that whole time, I, I, there was, I, I'm still convinced, like, Randall Cunningham would have been, 
Randall Cunningham's situation, I think, is, is much like Jeff Blake's, but in a way, Cunningham might even be more talented. I think Cunningham, I mean, look, Cunningham is, um, you're talking about, now, you're, you're, now, yeah. you're, now you've entered my wheelhouse. Yeah. But, he, look, he's, I think he's, at the time, was the most physically gifted athlete in the world. That's like when you watch his highlight reels of things he could do on the field. But he was drafted by a coach. We just had Jim McMahon on, on my show last week, right? And Or two weeks ago, one of the two. And I asked him about playing for the Eagles and Buddy Ryan. Because I, I think I, I had seen that they had a good friendship. Doing my, my homework, I had seen that they had been good friends. And he goes, I love Buddy Ryan, but he's the worst, the worst head coach in the worst. He's a great defensive coordinator. But he would never invest in offense. Like, he goes, yeah. if we're down seven with five minutes left in the game, he's like, okay, we'll punt. We'll do three runs, and we'll punt, and we'll get an interception for a oh touchdown. God. That was his philosophy. Well, Randall Cunningham couldn't have been drafted by a worse team. Yeah. Because, I, like, I, me, me and Pat, my, my buddy Patty C, were like, uh, we always say, like, can you imagine if Bill Walsh or, or Marv Levy or, or any of the, you know, Ted Marchabroda had grabbed – Randall Cunningham or, or or Jeff Blake or someone of that magnitude. Jeff Blake threw one of the best deep balls. I've heard Dan Marino talk about that. Dan Marino said, like, dude, the, the I've, Jeff Blake's deep ball is the best deep ball I've ever seen, right? Um, th- That's my point, though, is, like, like Randall Cunningham, with that capability running, even more so than Blake, um, he just would have been – I just think he would have shattered every record book. Like, yeah, I mean, they were very much – it was, like, one read run. Yeah, and like he, there was. Well, he I, even calls Buddy Ryan. Even calls him like a thoroughbred. I just let my thoroughbred sit back there. That's racist uh, as shit, yeah, probably yeah, too. Yeah, but I'm saying like, is, yeah. But he, he's like, I just let him sit back there and, and do whatever. And and I get it. Like the guy's an unbelievable athlete. Yeah. So you're just trying to put the ball in your, your the best athlete's hands. But at the same time, just imagine if you would you saw it when he was thirty eight. Minnesota, in yeah, Minnesota. When he was thirty eight years old. Well, he, he was led also, the league. He yeah. was also throwing to Randy, Randy Moss, Moss yeah. and Chris Carter, yeah. but. Yes, and when he's way past his prime, it's all there for him to be a a guy that can sit in the pocket and read yes. a defense and fucking do it. And Jeff Blake would have been uh, the Bengals were probably the worst franchise. Like uh, at least the Eagles had good defenders and they would have a decent offensive line. The Bengals uh once Paul Brown died, like they had just they they just phoned it in, man. Who was the second best player on the Bengals besides Jeff Blake? I I know it was like the mid 90s they went like Seven and nine and eight and eight. Like the, the, it's Carl the, the, Pickens was glo- a beast. Yeah, Glory years yeah, for the yeah, Bengals yeah. fans. But that yeah. was only because... It's Carl Pickens. That's what I was going to say. But yeah. they never had their O-line. Yeah. That, like, they never invested in... And even when we talked to Jeff Blake, like, he was saying, like, you know, if they had just invested... They never invested, not only for him, but for the other quarterbacks, too. David Klingler was a first-round draft pick for them. Achilles Smith. Um, maybe those guys wouldn't have been good regardless. Who knows? But I'm saying, for Blake, I 100% believe it. You know, I remember my dad would sit there and say, "Like, man, if Jeff Blake was on another team, he would been he would have been pretty good." Like, I mean, he yeah. he was still good. Don't get me wrong, but I'm just saying, he never got to like go to a playoff, you know, as a yeah. starting quarterback. So I think people's perception of him was just like, "Ah, oh, he's kind of there." But he made a Pro Bowl. He led the league in I think led the AFC in passing touchdowns one year. Yeah. So it's like, I know for sure. Like, it, just play it out differently. Like, so certain teams knew how to handle quarterbacks. Look, look at the Niners, even without Walsh. They went pretty much from from Montana to Young to Jeff Garcia. I mean, that's because they're, they were very – first off, they had Jerry Rice. But yeah. they were very smart as a front office. And, and my point is, is like, if, if, if you get drafted by any other team, Cunningham too, 
they would have been unbelievable, and they would have set set the league on fire, in my opinion. Even the 49ers, what they did with Alex Smith, you remember like their ability to kind of like ride that out? And I was a skeptic. I was a huge skeptic of Alex you Smith. Didn't like, you didn't like his Utah tape? I just thought it was a gimmick offense at the time, and that was Urban Meyer, and I, that's what. It's funny, like now I've come full circle, and I think like someone asked me the other day, like, do I think Urban Meyer can work it for Jacksonville? And I'm like, the college game is kind of now in pro. It, yeah, it didn't used to be like that. Like 15 years ago, I don't think Urban Meyer could have been a successful coach in the NFL. Now I'm like, yeah, I could, I could totally see that working. Yeah, the game has changed. So, but. uh yeah, I don't know. I mean, I, I just think Blake and Cunningham and guys like that. There, there's other really good quarterbacks. Charlie Ward, I think, would have been very good in 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 the NFL. I really, I really believe that. There's, who? I mean, Warren Moon was a beast. That guy actually put up the numbers in in the run and shoot. But uh, but couldn't didn't go to the NFL for the first couple of years, right? Yeah, had to go been, to the Edmonton Eskimos. Yeah, yeah. 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 Um, so, uh, but the black quarterback thing, 100 percent real. I I 100 percent believe that. I th- to me, like the big turning point was. Jamarcus Russell getting drafted number one. Not Jamarcus Russell, fuck. Who's the guy? No, I mean, he had... Well, yeah, him, but not him. It was uh, the guy from Florida State. I'm forgetting his name. Uh, Winston. Oh, J- Jameis Winston. Jameis Winston yeah. going one after stealing shit, after having, like, the fucking rape shit yeah. at Florida State and still going number one. I was like, okay, that's a... That's, that's, a, that's, indicator. That, that's an indicator that we're making some progress that this dude isn't <laughs> buried before he even gets to the NFL. I mean, dude, he stole crab legs. Look, I don't know anything about the rape case. I'll be honest. It's like the Kavanaugh shit when they asked me that. I'm like, I have no idea, right? Yeah. But the crab legs, I'm like, I, I get it. It's great to make fun of these athletes. To, to that, It's a great, you can make a great meme of it. But it's like stolen crab legs. I mean, have we all done dumb shit in our life before? It's not a big fucking deal. Still crab legs down your pants? <laughs> I, I never stole crab legs, but I, I'll be honest, it's probably because I wasn't smart enough to think about that. You know what I mean? <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, but yeah, I mean, like, I, I, as far as the rape case, though, I have no idea. I mean, I know that sometimes you, these guys are targets, but I also know that sometimes they're they're completely guilty of it. Like the Darius Geis situation I read that I know he's a running back, but... Oh, yeah. That dude, one, that I was like, what the real. fuck? You know what I mean? So... yeah. But uh, but no, I, I definitely think black quarterbacks have been hated on for a long time, man. And they were always, I mean, go back to the days of like James Harris in the 70s with the Rams. He was really good. Doug Williams. That's when I mentioned Doug Williams. Like, yeah, he won a Super Bowl late on the Redskins. But when he was on the Bucks, A, he took them to the NFC Championship when, when they were a bad team. Yeah. But he was really good. He was like really, really, really good. If you go back and study the film, you'll be like, you could watch him in the USFL. But he was severely underpaid, which was, I just believe that that owner was incredibly racist, probably didn't, wasn't happy with having a black quarterback, but he was a fucking beast. Doug Williams, in today's era, Doug Williams would have been a fucking monster. Looked, looked good in that Tampa Bay uniform. Yeah. Playing for oh, the the cream sickles. Oh, so beautiful. Yeah. Beautiful. If we, if we go down this path, we'll talk about it for 30 minutes, but <laughs> it's best uniform in uh Football history, I would say. Please bring that back. I saw that the NFL got rid of their like stupid helmet. Yes. Got to be the same yes. color as the. Because I think the Bucks' current ones are horrible. Yes, well, they're it's they got marginally better because they changed the alarm clock number yeah. on it. Yeah, but it's like you're the you have to lean into the shit that you're known for. People, people know what you are. You're, you have creamsicle jerseys and a gay pirate on your helmet. That's what you do. And it was like a campy feel, and I think that's what I missed. That's that, that's yeah. that, that, that's what I'm saying. Is like I that, think you would feel better about 
the defensive rules on tackling if everybody wore their shit from the 90s. That's honestly, I think that You're would make a big difference. Right. <laughs> that would make if, if the Patriots went back to a, a dude about to snap the ball on their helmet. I, if you I had creamsicle. Yes, yes, I yeah. do. Let me ask you this, though. I was watching, uh, you know, I, I'm in all these, like, old Facebook groups. Well, a lot of it is to when I have, like, Jim McMahon on my podcast or something so I can go drop it in these groups where it's, like, NFL 1980s or something like that. Yeah. So I sign up for all these groups. So my, my Facebook page, I don't find out about my friend that's, you know, you know, needs a kidney transplant. <laughs> I, I, instead, I see like, hey, why uh, the the you know the 1986 Indianapolis Colts ran a, the wishbone offense for a couple games. You know what I mean? Like, but uh, Wait, what happened to mom? <laughs> How long ago? I missed the funeral. Fuck. Well, good. The, the good news is Jim Sorgi was underrated, and I didn't miss out on that. Exactly. Exactly. So, dude, they they were having a conversation though, like the NFL '80s group that I was in, or maybe yeah, it was '80s, um, about how Musburger and they would have Jimmy the Greek and stuff. But they were they were announcing the games. They were showing a, a bunch of different clips on this thread, and they're saying they let the game breathe. The announcers let the game breathe more. And I said, you know what? I think there's something there because now we overanalyze everything and we over talk about everything, uh, even the announcers. Yeah. I think, I think that's also like part of what I like about old school football is when you just let the game, I think it's, it's just like a, a bottle of wine or something. You know yeah, what I mean? Yeah. Like they, if you let it breathe, like Musburger was kind of classic, but he would also, he wouldn't overanalyze or make it like very poppy. He would never like, I mean, I guess Madden kind of did, but, uh, I don't know. I just felt like that that statement had merit to it. I never I had never analyzed it like that. When I saw someone quote that, I said, "You know what? I think they're right." It's interesting because I think of like famous moments in like famous sports calls, and it's never like the guy's talking and he's talking and he keeps talking and he won't stop talking. Yeah. It's like a thing, a crazy thing has happened. Crowd noise, crowd noise, crowd yeah. noise. It's happening. Crowd noise, crowd. It's like yeah. I think there's like. I don't know, man. It's also just like, I think it's like a generational thing. It's, I think people used to keep more to themselves. I think people used to like keep secrets. I think they used to just talk less, period. Didn't, wouldn't You're talk, probably right. Wouldn't talk yeah. about your feelings. That's true. I, you don't, feel, you don't yeah. feel as much of a need much to better era. <laughs> <laughs> No, uh, uh, but no, I mean, I, I, but nowadays, like if you take Tony Romo, which I think is a decent announcer, but at the same time, I still think, when I when I was able to assess this, and then I put on or I do it on NFL Network a week later, and it was a, a game from last year or something, I said they're right because like look, he's analyzing and he's so judgmental on every single play. The announcer is, yeah, you know what I mean, like, and he's saying, oh, they should have, you know, and I just thought, yeah, I agree. I think that the game was better from an announcing standpoint. Back, maybe it's just like once again, get off my lawn. Yeah, you know, I watched a uh, or watched. I had a a Jabron Hamden on my show, and he was talking about the thing Tony Romo's doing is not special if you're a quarterback. Like he was saying, like I would get cut. I remember getting cut from the Seahawks, and I'm with my dad at a game in the stands. It was a little weird, you know, having been on the team. But I would, I would just look at the defense and be like, Juravicious, twenty yard out, touchdown. Uh, he's, don't, he's going across to lock it, blah, blah, blah. And then the guy next to him was like, hey, man, can you knock it off? Like, I'm trying to watch the – I don't like you calling the plays before yeah, they happen. Yeah. <laughs> it's like there's a part of it where it's like, Tony Romo, shut the fuck up. Like, it's not a fucking magic trick. Yeah. I don't yeah. want to have, like, a cloth pulled out of my fucking well, sleeve Well, and the right camera now. has – I mean, the camera's evolved so much also that, like, you get the, these replays super fast. And it's, that's fantastic, I think, though, the, the – 
development of all this. But at the same time, I just think before, like, the announcer would just occasionally say, like, oh, I thought it was a hold on the right tackle. But you never really got, like, you never really, like, it just breathed. The game was yeah. the game, and the announcer was, like, kind of, like, you know, a condiment. You well, know think, what I mean? Well, like, think about this, too. The money, it, to me, it always goes back to money. Because, like, we think about football. When, like, when you, you know, when a quarterback wins a Super Bowl now, they're like, uh, I just spit in your eye? No, no, I think it's just my, my contact from, it's, I've only had these contacts in for a couple of years. All right. Yeah, I'm, uh, I'm, I'm, I'm not only retro in my games, I, I keep my contacts for, you know, back from the early 2000s. You gotcha, know. gotcha. <laughs> Fuck it around. No, it's like when quarterbacks win the Super Bowl now, they're going to Disney World. Mm-hmm. But in the beginning, quarterbacks would win the Super Bowl and then go back to their night job in a factory because you made like $13 playing quarter, like yeah. playing football. So I think it's like back then there was less money in it. It was not as popular a sport as it is. So I think like now it's like everybody sees it as like I could it's such a like opportunity to move up and be in the public eye in a way that it wasn't before. It's probably a lot harder to not be like, I want to insert myself as an announcer. Like I feel like that's what everybody's incentivized to do is to make to have their moment in it versus like Yeah, you're yeah, probably right. I think, I think there's something there to that. I think yeah. sports used to be a little bit less, I think, about constantly expanding. I think it you I think they're they're and when they began it was like this is a thing that we're doing that people like to watch. Yeah. And now it's like it's so bottom line driven. I feel like it kind of like Yeah, it's hard to just sit back and enjoy it because it's like there's so much on the fucking line with every second of it, you know? Well, they over it like to me like and and I know this is a a show we're going to be talking about a quarterback where we're talking about Jeff Blake and stuff, but they made they glamorize the quarterback too much to me now. It's like they're like, oh, and like the Aaron Rodgers situation. I'm like, okay, he's decent, all right, he's very good. He's but decent. Ca- but I, I just thought they he, overdo it. He's to me. pretty good, dude. He's, he's, still, he's but a he's still than ki- decent. But he kills me as a football player. He, there's many times in his careers. One of them was in the NFC Championship, where he rolls out and he could run it in for a touchdown, but he doesn't. But he doesn't, and maybe he's afraid of the contact. I don't know. But he's, look, I love the way he throws the ball. It's incredible. But at the yeah. same time, it drives me crazy because it's like, dude, you're a football player. You're four yards from the end zone, and it's wide open for you to run in there, and you're sitting there waiting for the pass. <laughs> it drives me absolutely crazy. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and it's like, I don't know. I just feel like we make such a big deal of the quarterback now as opposed, I mean, and, and granted, yes, the evolutions happened. We've protected the quarterback and they've also be gotten a lot better and more accurate, but it's just, I miss, I miss like, you want to go know. back to the highlights where they're like, and then looks like they've beaten them over top with a forward pass. <laughs> oh, look at the forward pass. Yeah, I haven't I seen mean, that since army beat Notre Dame three to nothing in the, <laughs> Ice bowl. I am pro wishbone <laughs> offenses, all right, and triple option attacks. But, no, I don't know. I just feel like, you know, we overanalyze. Would you – this is a question I have. This is a, This has been the most get-off-my-lawn podcast I've done, and I support it. We yeah. are. This is a nostalgia podcast. Thank you, man. This is the, this is the <laughs> current that runs under everything I say is, why not more like when I was 10? So I'm with you. I'm with you. Would you say that you had this type of view of football? Did you have this vibe when you were younger where you were still no didn't I, like or this is a recent development for you it's it's yeah it's recent I mean I thought yes okay like if you look at Joe Montana or something they would they would uh, a little bit overanalyze like he was fantastic but I still thought like they really kind of catered to him more than any other quarterback 
in the in that era of the eighties or nineties. But now it's like it's just they beat they beat it into you. You know what I mean? They're like, okay, okay, dude, I get it. I know Tom Brady's forty one. You know what I mean? Or whatever <laughs> age he is. Like I just feel like it's exhausting. Like they just yeah. have to make it. Oh my god. Oh my god. Did you know that? Russell Wilson stubbed his toe last week, and he's playing. He's playing in this game. I think. Do you watch a lot of ESPN? I mean, I have to. We keep it on, so it, I mean, uh, it's driving. I can yeah. tell it's it's hurting you. Well, it's NFL. Whatever it is, you know what I mean. Even when we <laughs> have got, the guest you on, got, you gotta yeah. you gotta turn. I know it's your job. Yeah, <laughs> you gotta turn it off. That's the, you know the, you know what happened to me. I went to when I went to college. I mean, in high school, I was the uh, sports editor for my high school paper. I went to Christopher Newport University in Virginia because, I'm with it. Yeah. yeah, because I knew somebody that was working on the paper that said nobody here wants to cover the football team, and I was like, so if I come to that school, I get to be the fucking guy in the booth covering the team. I'll do it, and so I started doing that, and I did it for my freshman year and my sophomore year, and then I quit. And the reason I quit is because I was watching so much football. And I was having to report on the team and talk to the coaches and fucking do little questions for everybody and all the stuff you do as a beat reporter. And I started to hate watching football. I was like, this is annoying. It's annoying to me now. Like, I don't like dealing with the coach's bullshit. Like, he makes a stupid call and I'm like, why'd you do that? And he's like, because I felt like it. And I'm like, hey, you fucking type A douchebag. And it was just, it just sucked. And it, it started to like, so I went away from it for years. And, like, didn't do anything. Just when you thought you were out, they pull you back in. This po- The thing I like about this podcast is because I feel like I'm coming back to it and I talk a little bit of sports, but it's it's still enjoyable to me. As, as, a, as a, a new friend in my life, I'm, I'm worried for it. I'm worried no, that it's going to— I still love it. All I, right. Like, I still love it. The penalties drive me crazy. All right. But, like, that FCS spring football we just had, the, the division FCS is, like, the subdivision of the Division I, One. I know, yeah, yeah. I loved it. I loved every minute about it. Yeah. Like, and I can't get enough of it because it's, like, they're not good enough. Do you know why it was great? Why is that? It's because nobody else was watching it. When, but do you what, think it's just, you think that's the psychology of my brain of, hey, no one's liking yes, this? Yes, I think course. it's also because the, the game is innocent. It's because nobody else is there. <laughs> that's what it is. Dude, how many, I can think of, uh, what kind of music are you into? I mean, I like it all. I like, I really like, it, like all. it all. Like, I mean, I'm a fan of, of uh, anything from the Beatles to, uh, you know, like current current artists. I, I like okay. a lot. Of, so I liked pop punk emo in the early 2000s, and that's it. Okay, that's the only thing I'll listen to. I'll turn off Prince to listen to My Chemical Romance. That's how I roll. So I used to do Warp Tour a lot, and in the first, I remember I went to my first Warp Tour, and I was talking with some guy, and he goes, "Hey man, I there's this thing I do." I, no, he was, it was a guy who had like one of the backstage passes and he just looked like a kid like me. For some reason, I, I don't know why I did it. I asked him how he got it. Like, well, what band are you fucking working with? And he's like, I just show up at the gate at like 6 a.m. the day that the Warp Tour gets into town. And uh, I just asked to help build the stages and I can show up and they give me a pass and I come in and then I get to go backstage and meet everybody. And I was like, all right. Nice. So the next year I did it and it, I was like the only person there. And I was like, this fucking rocks. And I got to go backstage. I met like Thursday and Thrice and Blink-182 was there. And I got to like hang out backstage, not talking, just sitting in the corner being like, yeah. I can't believe my fucking favorite yeah. bands are here. And then I like an idiot. I started telling people about it. And then people started doing yeah, it. Yeah, by the <laughs> fifth year, there was like 80 people lined up at 6 a.m. I couldn't even fucking get in to build the stages. So it's like, it's like, that's what it is. It's like when you're the first to the party, you're like, this party fucking rocks. 
Look at this. Look at all this FCS football that get, nobody even uh, look, knows about. I get the psychology on that, but can I? I want to push back and just say this. Let me explain to to you why, on several levels. Uh, Mike Leach has been on our show a bunch, right? Uh, like true friend of the program, and we we've talked to Mike about. He said back in the day the NFL was innovating. Now college innovates. The NFL just picks up a kind of like a, it's a, like we ask him Cliff Kingsbury is his former quarterback at Texas Tech. Yeah, he's hired to be the head coach of the Arizona Cardinals, and he says, "I was like, what do you think? How how will he do?" And he goes, "Well, my problem with the NFL is like he's just a, a puppet in a way. He's the offensive coordinator. They put him at head coach, but the owner hired his own defensive coordinator, his own special team. So are you even a head coach, right? Yeah. And and." I thought, man, and he goes, yeah, and he goes, it used to be innovating, like each team would have a different, you know, offense and defense, and now it's co- it's a copycat league, right? And I, I felt that way for a long time, I've been saying that, but I didn't know that Kingsbury got in on those terms, but I, then I, I thought, yeah, and, and to me, it's like, you know, they have, nowadays, coaches have to wear the same clothing, it, it, there's a protocol for yeah. the clothing they can wear as a coach, that's horrible, so Bum Phillips or something, back in the day with that cowboy hat or whoever. And that's a lot of the personality that makes the game unique to yeah, me. Yeah. And also I think there's merit to that. Like the, why do I find college football? Like is my, my heart's in college football is because I, I like that Navy's running a triple option attack and they're going up against the air raid and, and Mike Leach or, or who, whatever. It, it's more pure to me. The game is, is kind of what the game I fell in love with in the NFL in the eighties and nineties is because there was personalities you know what I mean? Like now every co- every NFL coach, it's like a corporate, it's like a, you're at California Pizza Kitchen. Yes. Dude. You know what I mean? And it's like before you would have Buddy Ryan that would say, now I know that, that we, we knocked him for perhaps, perhaps saying that racist thing, but you know that he would also just, that was his person, his personality. I, I don't think he's a racist because I've seen players talk about Buddy Ryan. Now that statement might be racist, but I, I don't believe he's racist. Um, but he was his own persona. And it was completely different than Tom Landry, which was completely different than Mike Ditka, completely different than Joe Gibbs. And I just felt yeah. like the, 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 the characters and each one's running the West Coast offense. The, the, the Niners running the West Coast offense. The Oilers are running the run and shoot. The, uh, the Bears are going to ground and pound. You know what I mean? And I felt yeah, yeah. like the uniqueness of the game was like, oh, the Steelers of Blitzburg. Oh, you're going to go there. And, and, and yeah, they have Neil O'Donnell, but their linebackers are fantastic. They're going to blast you. Now it's everything's the same. That's that. So I lose interest in it. I think I think it's half that, and I want to I want to button that, and then I want to push back on your pushback from my original point. Do you remember when the Lions hired Dan Campbell and he did yes. that press conference? And yeah. He was like, "We're gonna fucking bite off their cocks and then spit yeah. it back in their yeah. mouth." Yeah. And once they poop it out, we're gonna eat that and whatever. They did. it was amazing, and there was so many people being like, "Look at this fucking." unprofessional shit. And I'm like, this is the only thing I liked about the, this is the yes, part of the NFL was, that used to be fun. Dude, that made me excited. It, but these corporate hacks at like big media companies like ESPN or FS1. And they Twitter people, they, yeah. They can't even yeah. just enjoy it. They can't even enjoy that there's somebody talking and fucking going off at the hip. It's got to be attached to like, oh, this is a brand and protect the shield and all that fucking nonsense. So I'm with you on that. But I, I but don't. The, you don't think that's part of? I think I, I think I think it's half. Yeah. Okay. But here, that's but here's, fair. But that's fair. To go back yeah. to your FCS, why you liked FCS so much? The other half is that you and three other people know how good Colgate's defense was <laughs> two years ago, and you like that it's just you. That, that could. You, and if you could any be right. other people are, if you are having a conversation with uh, a guy that doesn't know football that well. And he starts referencing how good Colgate's defense is. You're going to be like, fucking FCS football sucks. (laughs) 
because I don't that's think so, because though, that's but I still your. Love, I still love FBS. <laughs> I still love FBS. I but mean, you got dude. You got a podcast where you're talking about the Tulsa Golden Hurricane for 45 minutes. You clearly like the part where people don't. <laughs> less people are there. Sure, sure. I think there's something to that. I'll, I'll admit. All right, yeah, all right. I'll admit that. Song. I might be mapping my stuff onto you a little yeah. bit, but when I did your podcast, we did the Eastern Michigan episode. I'm like, this is the compelling shit. This is the stuff that matters. It's the fact that there's a team that almost went away because it was them or the diving team. Yeah, that it was, was men's diving yeah. or fucking football yeah. at Eastern Michigan, and it was a tough call. It was close, that, which is uh, idiotic to me because I, I get it. Football, like you, uh, if you're starting a brand new program, you need to like build a stadium and have all, all this money for equipment and stuff. But if you already have it, football is your cash cow, people. Have you ever looked at like the economics of like what a, a an FCS school will make on their football team? It, even an FCS, which TV contract is nothing close to what yeah. it's still like. This is the money. This is your cash cow from your athletic department. I mean, right? maybe. I mean, Eastern Michigan won like three games in thirty years. I so get it. Yeah, they could have been. I but, don't know but, if they were but, in the red. But if you just thought, hey, if we hire the right coach, if we point. Put more emphasis on our team. I think we might make more money. In defense of the Eastern Michigan diving team, I was actually reading an article about the most dangerous Olympic sports. Do you no. want to? It was on there. Do you want to guess the top three? Oh, well, skateboarding wasn't a thing then. But uh, you think skateboarding uh, would be on there? <laughs> I've seen some, dude. I, I go down the rabbit holes in some of those right. nasty broken. Broken uh, legs and stuff on on the skateboarding outside of like a high school. Yeah, but wouldn't uh, that be funny if part of the Olympics was like fucking trespassing on a public high school to skateboard? <laughs> it would be. I'd, I'd I'd be more inclined to watch. <laughs> talk I'll tell you talk that. about people complaining about something getting over sanitized. Could you imagine skateboarding dudes <laughs> watching Olympic skateboarding being like, "You got to be the, the, they fucking polish the shit like this dude like broke his nose because of a fucking railing that was detached." <laughs> right. Can you imagine how fucking furious they would be? W- wouldn't it though? Like, I'm assuming it's, the answer is diving, right? Diving is one of the top three. Diving, What's I, I want to say diving two? was third. It was luge, and then it was uh, soccer. I think it was a soccer. I think it was a stupid list. Okay, but they talked about diving being like this many people have died. Diving. Like downhill skiing. Downhill skiing was like it was a list of ten, and it was on there. I mean, because what? Like, you know what we were Sonny Bono, I mean, I know he wasn't no, but didn't he die? Didn't William Neeson's wife die yeah, skiing? But, yeah, but part of the Olympics isn't getting drunk with your fucking family <laughs> and playing football on a mountain. I just feel like it's a fucking downhill. There's like, like an avalanche could start. If, I don't know. If there was an Olympic sport called get drunk on the mountain and play football on your skis, then yes, that would well, definitely what's be the fucking. sport where you can do that when you have like a gun and you shoot? You're like on skis? And uh, I don't. That, that, I think that's an, a winter shooting? Olympic. No, but it's like uh, I'm telling you, you go down on skis, and you have a gun and you shoot like frisbees. That's a real thing. That's a, uh, the Winter Olympics. I'm t- I don't oh. remember the name of the sport. I feel like this is where Google might help us. That's insane. Yeah, that sounds amazing. I mean, that's got to be. Dangerous. I only know this because of the video game, like Winter Olympics for Sega Genesis back in the day. I'm just assuming, and I think maybe I've seen it once or twice on TV. I could be lying there. Luge is. I feel like was the ob- I was like that's clearly the most dangerous because you're going like 90 miles an hour and if you just go like this and tip then yeah. you're on your face on ice going 90 miles an hour. How come they don't have more racing? Like car like cars? Yeah. What is that just be I don't know like that's I've never Olympic understood sport? why that's not? A, that's an interest. I don't know. Japan makes their cars, Italy makes their cars, you would just think It's not like America yes. makes their shitty Fords and even like right? <laughs> even things like uh yeah, like even like when you watch stuff like NASCAR, it doesn't feel like a 
solely American thing. I feel like there's a lot of international competitors, so it feels like that would be competitive around the world. I've, I've never understood. I mean, they don't have American football in there, but I've never understood, like, like just weird. The, the protocol would, is weird. That would be me. a sport for us to get crushed in. That's true. We would get it, it would be really embarrassing. But it would be high stakes because, like, once again, once again, back to our football conversation, there's risk involved, guys. All right? When you drive a car at 200 yeah, yeah, miles cu- an hour. Cut to you in 20 yeah. years being like, they make them wear seatbelts in the Olympic <laughs> racing, these fucking pussies. I just, yeah, pretty much, man. Come on. What's the point of a seatbelt? If you hit something at 200 miles an hour, probably not going to live. Didn't they use, <laughs> wasn't there a story, there was a guy who took over a car uh, in NASCAR where, where the guy had died in the car before him. I wish I could remember the name because this is like a story back from the 90s. And he said when he got in, he noticed a hole at the bottom of the the floor where his feet were. And he was like, why is there a hole in the back of the, in the bottom? They were like, yeah, they cut that to drain the blood from the dude that died in this car before. And, and he's still racing? They didn't, fit, they didn't patch that up? <laughs> he said there was a hole in the fucking car. I'd worry about my team a little bit. You know what I mean? I'd be like, guys, why do I keep pitting? You don't fix this fucking hole. You know what I mean? <laughs> Dude, it's a, it, look whatever. It's a different time. I look. I I think there's a. Here's what I would say. There's a there's a real element. You know this this show had a clear vibe to it, and the vibe was everything since 1995 is shit. And I'm not. <laughs> no. I'm, not I'm not against. I'm not against that fully. Like I think there's like a lot of truth to like the pendulum swinging maybe too far one way or another. And I'm all about like people being educated about stuff like. Yeah, like, we'll try to make the game a little bit safer. It's still an unsafe game where you're trying to physically beat the shit out of people. That's what it is. But at what point do you change? Like, okay, if, if you wanted to make everything, sa- if you wanted to make auto car racing safer, yes, then you could put bumpers like in bowling or something where it's. It, Nobody what, ever gets at hurt. At what point do you change the sport so much that it sucks? But, you know what I mean? Like, but, yes. But you have you seen old clips of racing accidents in the 1930s where they literally just have like a. They have like a single strip of rope between the the tracks <laughs> so they and the and completely the people. Eat shit. So yeah. when they eat shit, the cars flip into the fucking stands yeah, and kill like thirty people. Obviously, the time. it's better than that. But how how about this yeah. comparison then? Headgear and boxing. I am anti headgear and boxing. In what, professional what, boxing, yeah. When you watch professional boxing, sometimes in the Olympics, they'll they'll use the headgear. Right? Yeah. And I'm like, this is, it loses its appeal. Like, yes, is it still strategic? I'm sure. Yeah. Unbelievably strategic. I mean, I've never really professionally boxed, but I've tried. And that's the hardest sport I've ever tried. But um, I just feel like we know that, look, if we put headgear on, why, 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 isn't, why isn't Mike Tyson wearing headgear or, or Vander Holyfield or wherever, whoever is boxing, right? Because it loses its luster. The personality is, is part of the game. Yeah. And I feel like if they were to do that, then the sport would suffer. Sure. We had Jim McMahon on the show, and he, I thought he, you know, this is a guy that threw for like a, a ridiculous amount of yards at BYU. Won the Heisman Trophy, right? Yeah, most hilarious BYU alum of all time. Yes, for way. sure, for sure. But uh, I wonder if he was uh, having sex with uh, students, because you're not allowed to, allegedly. But... Uh, McMahon, I, I was assuming that he would say as a quarterback that he preferred to play in today's era. So I asked him, and he said, hell no. He goes, I can't even watch the game today. He goes, now this is a guy that's suffering from, from really badly. Yes. Yeah. And he just said, no, I just don't, the game's not appealing to me anymore. 
They yeah. they protect the the sport too much. They they protect the quarterback too much. It's a, it's a it's it's a different game. And even though the uh, he, now he did say this, I would like to make some of the money today. Sure, because he didn't wasn't making great money in the eighties and and early nineties. But uh, I was shocked by that answer because I thought he would prefer to play in a more of a passing oriented league. And I was I was taken back by that. But then once again, I thought like yeah, I thought maybe just their their level of appreciation for the sport is different. Well, you also just think about like if you go through that. Like, that's what the game was when you played it, and you're still suffering from the consequences. And then you see people that are playing a undoubtedly much more safe version of it, making 10 to 15 times what you were making. I mean, yeah. I can't remember whose contract I was looking at where it was like, oh, well, uh, in basketball terms, it was Scottie Pippen who was making like $2 million oh, yeah. a year, yeah, some yeah. insane amount. Yeah. Where you're like, holy fucking shit. Like, f- who was the bat? Matt Flynn. Yeah, for the for, for the, the Packers made like fifty million dollars. Uh, he's he started three games, like that part. I would completely understand someone being like, it feels unfair, and that's maybe I'm not going to say why McMahon said what he said, but like that could be that could I, be. I found that shocking. I asked yeah. the question thinking that he would play into that being like, yeah, I'd love to play today. They throw for 5,000 yards every game. You know, whatever the hell. Yeah, yeah. I thought he was going to eat that up. And he, he was like, shit, no. He was like, I don't even watch the game today. Honestly, he goes, yeah. like, I, I'll watch, like, the Super Bowl or something because I'll be at a party. I was completely taken back by that. And I yeah. just thought, you know, it made me want to – I wonder uh, – I have had a ton of former guests on, our, on my show, and I've never – it made me want to ask them, go back and call them. Call Jeff Blake and say, hey, you know, like. <laughs> what would you rather do? Yeah, yeah, exactly. So, yeah. I don't know. I got to hope that Jeff Blake. I think Jeff Blake would say I'll play today because then I can uh, actually have a fucking. Well, I think for, well, that's another thing. For, for, like, for a black quarterback, I think they definitely want to yeah. play today. Yeah. Oh, yeah. So. Well, yeah, you see how they're fucking dominating now because yeah. it's like, it's amazing. It's The NFL is uh, better when it's not racist. True. I mean, well, I mean, that's what's hilarious is like one of the best moments I thought that was swept under the rug, and it was only from a comical point of view. From from the from looking over top of the sport, was Jerry Richardson selling the the, the Panthers like this? Me Too movement started, uh, and probably rightfully so for a lot of these these creeps, you know, these owners that were pieces of shit, like like Bob McNair and stuff of yeah, the, yeah. the Texans. But Jerry Richardson, well, as soon as he sees this shit, I mean, talk about. I don't even normally when you sell a franchise, it's like in the news for like a year or two. That he's yeah. it's up for sale. He's going to be selling, right? Jerry Richardson, like this movement started in like on a Friday. This like they these owners they are coming at McNair. They're coming at uh, Kraft. I feel like by Monday that fucking the Carolina Panthers team was sold. He was like, sell it. He's like, well, we can get more value. Sell the team now. You know what I mean? <laughs> Actress Rose McGowan, check please. Yeah, check please. <laughs> Dude, that was I, we did not talk about that enough as a society. I was like, dude, that motherfucker sold the team, and then he had the he, in the contract though. He made it so you had to keep the stadium, Jerry Richardson Stadium, but he got out, and it was like, dude, this dude had to be a huge piece of shit. You know, he had of to be a huge piece of shit. So waiting for the other shoe to drop. Did you ever watch The Wire? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I like. I think of uh, Senator Clay Davis, where they're like. That motherfucker's been waiting for the shoe to drop for the last 20 years. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Waiting for those indictments to come. He knows the day's coming. You just have your little getaway planned. It's like a little button you hit, and a little slide opens up out into the back. But, dude, these franchises are worth so much money. That's like when when Sterling sold the Clippers. I mean, he didn't even want to sell the Clippers. The NBA was making them. Yeah. And he got $2 billion for arguably the worst franchise in the history of American sports. And you're sitting there like, this dude 
Richardson sold it like on it was like a fucking yard sale. It was like it was like no one even heard that he was even thinking about selling the team. Then it was like, no, sell, sold, sold. You know he had to have he's a business guy. He has yeah, to yeah. have money guys saying, hey. Dude, you, you, our value of the team is what's an NFL franchise? These things are you can make a shit ton of money here. And it's like, no, sell it, sell, sell before they look into my life. <laughs> <laughs> Some people are not looking forward to the background check. I think that's fair to say. Look, man, uh, we're over an hour, which is fine. I don't, I don't even know why I'm mentioning that. There's no time on the thing, but uh, hey, it's whatever. You know. Anyway, my wife's coming home, so we gotta wrap this shit up. There we go. But before we do, I am, I'm a huge. You know this. I'm a fan of your pod. I reached out to you. Yeah. Yeah, listening awesome. to your podcast and was like, please put me on. I want to talk about college football because I mean, tell me how many podcasts you're running right now. Is it just the college football experience? Or you got other stuff that you come in and well, yeah, we have the sports gambling podcast. We yeah. do that. We talk other sports, but obviously right now, like in the dog days of summer, it's, it's full blown college football experience. I also do a college basketball experience. That's still coming out weekly. Yeah. Um, but but I'm breaking down all 130 FBS teams, a podcast for each team. Also going to hit some FCS as well since since I know that uh, I, I can uh, be ahead of the curve. Uh, <laughs> you know what I mean? And uh, let's, hear how, yeah. let's hear about that Colgate defense. You're going to give it to the, the people. The Raiders. Now. The Raiders defense. Colgate Raiders, baby. You'll get a solid. You do that. You're like, uh, I'm trying to think of a fucking FCS team. Monmouth. Mo- there you go. Monmouth's a good one. There's going to be 30 people that are like, there's a fucking Monmouth college football preview i will i will travel to the ends of the world to see colby dant do stand that's up. my demographic dude I mean, well, what do you think mine is? i feel like i'm like i started a podcast i'm like this dude's like a fucking long lost brother do we have like half pendants that would connect and right. we'd see that we were from the same mom no look this podcast is like how many people do you think google jeff blake every week Oh, like, it's, it's normally probably my search engine. You yeah, know what I mean? Like they're I'm pulling a, up. <laughs> to me, I'm, I, mean, I had friends when I was starting the podcast, like, so are you backups. So like Tom Brady, I'm like, yeah, I'm sure my Tom Brady podcast will do real well in the <laughs> algorithm. Right? Yeah, it, it'll yeah. pop up right behind like someone getting fucking jizzed on with a Tom Brady jersey in the background <laughs> with eight views. No, I need people who like when you search for Koi Detmer, there's yeah. going to be three hits and two of them need to be mine. Oh man, I love so, it. So I like, love it, yeah. I love the the niche focus on your podcast. So yeah, tell the people, tell the fans where they can find your shit and support you. I mean, the college football experience and the sports gambling podcast. I mean, uh, check out both. I mean, look, ours is still centered around gambling because that's what uh, it, it was like a natural progression. We started out doing sports, or Sean Green and, and Ryan Kramer started the sports gambling podcast. I came in a couple of years after the fact, after keep running into Sean at stand-up shows. He's like, dude, I know you know sports. We need you on the show. <laughs> I kind of thought he was just hammered one night. And then like when he continually asked me, I said, okay, let's do this. And then uh, I would come on as kind of like a guest spot, but I would, I just said, dude, we should do college football. I went to East Carolina. You know, I was at East Carolina at some point. So like, um, I, I know they have a gigantic fan base and a really passionate, you know, fan base. So, I knew that there, we don't ever get coverage, right? Yeah. So I thought, guys, not only do I come on and talk college football and college basketball and, and other sports, I mean, NFL and stuff too, like, why don't we just, like, spin off? And it kind of, like, came into its own thing, like, in, I guess in, I guess late 2017 started doing that as my solo show. I had a buddy that played at JMU, so I knew he was a defensive back at JMU that we could hop in and just talk college football. And then it... it uh it turned into something. I mean, now we have like 45 people working for us. So 
It's fucking awesome, yeah. man. And it's uh, for all my listeners who are uh, big sports fans. Believe it or not, it's not all my audience. Really? What, what, yeah. what else are you hitting? I just because I usually in the first part of the podcast, comedy or, it's comedy. Like I was I, hoping it was something completely out of left field. Like no. <laughs> You know, the oil re- industry loves like listening to this Home podcast. repair yeah. and yeah. Uh, deep <laughs> offshore drilling. <laughs> like, I was like, dude, I'm in. I'm always surprised that, like, for American college football, I have, like, a strong Australian fan base. And it blows that's, my fucking mind. Dude, that's not weird. I did a podcast. Uh, it was, like, the Astro League podcast with this guy, Matt, that I just was chatting with online. He was like, oh, come on my show. And, like, the next day, I had, like, 80 new followers on Instagram. They fucking love football in Australia. Like they love American but, uh, football. See, I would think they would love the NFL, just like kind of England actually does really well with the NFL, right? Yeah. They, love all fo- they love all football. That's fat. They what? like it more than they like soccer. Interesting. Like, it's, like, a huge thing there, and, like, they're all into fantasy sports. Like, it's a real... But you hit on there. you hit on like the Eastern Michigan podcast and finding thirty people. Well, like twenty seven of those are from fucking Australia, <laughs> and I'm always fascinated. Like, what the hell do they know about Eastern Michigan football? I'm telling like, you, man, they <laughs> it's a real thing in Australia. I, it makes me want to go there. Yeah, me too. So man. I'm, I'm like, man, I feel like I'll fit right in. Yeah, it's definitely. fucking hard to find people to go to fucking games out here. But apparently, if I go to Australia and fly motherfuckers out, <laughs> it'd be easier Everyone's to find someone to go, right? go to a Padres game with me. <laughs> Yeah, they're, they're, I, I'll tell you this. I spent years bartending at a hotel. Something about Australian people and Irish people, really. Yeah. They're very upbeat. They're very upbeat and, like, just happy to, to, to be alive. I don't know. Like, look, all people have good and bad people, but I'm saying for some reason those two. Now, obviously, Australians, I don't know that they know the tipping policy, so you'd be... You'd be I was even okay with, like, I know I was going to get no tip because they're a happy fucking people. You know they're what I mean? They're very like, happy people. Yeah. They're, they're happy to not be in prison anymore, which is good for them. I, the Australian accent sometimes I, I struggle with. Uh, I, I'm, I'm one of those assholes that confuses it with, with England, and then they it's, take great offense to it. To me, it's yeah. the same. It's like it's like a British people went to an island and then, like, got lost, and so the accent got fucked up. And sometimes, like, I, I'm watching, uh, what's the show right now? Uh you watch uh, Mythic Quest? It's with the guy from Sunny. No, but uh, Charlie? Charlie? No, Day? Uh, Rob uh, McElhaney. Oh. But Charlie Day is a writer on it and created the show. So they're done with It's Always Sunny, huh? No, nah, they're going to keep going. Okay, good. They just do their side yeah. shows, whatever. Okay, I got to uh, check that out. But this show's, the show's got a, a really funny Australian actress, and she's great, and she's like the lead or whatever. But every once in a while, she says a word with that accent. I'm just like, I can't fucking take the accent anymore. <laughs> it's just, for some reason, it, in moments, I'm like, it seems like they're doing it to fuck with people. See, but sometimes if I'm watching... It's the only accent I feel that way. Huh, that's interesting. Australian accents. Interesting, because, I mean, I, I, I have a thin line knowing between them and, and British, but sometimes I'll watch... Like, I always f- perfectly fall asleep to, like, a British movie because the, they're talking with British accents. Yeah. And I never want to talk like that, but at the same time, there's something that I find, like... Relaxing with it. Yeah, you just fall asleep to Idris Elba interviews on YouTube. Pretty much, man. I just put that on and I'm out, man. <laughs> He's like, there were so many good actors on The Wire. <laughs> exactly, man. It's a peaceful so. sleep. Did you but, tell the people where to go? I feel like we talked uh, about oh, your... SportsGamblingPodcast.com or how about this? Download the SGPN app and you'll get all of our stuff. The college football experience is what... I'm currently really doing this, you know, uh, this offseason, well, every offseason, but uh, in the college basketball experience, check all that stuff out. The SGPN app's free in the App Store and Google Play Store. You'll get all of our interviews. We just had Phil Steele on, uh, Jim McMahon. uh, I mean, Mike Leach. Yeah, yes, yes. (laughs) 
<laughs> no, I, I love when uh, I did a podcast recently where uh, a buddy of mine was on it, and then the person, inter- he's just like a guy like me trying to get his podcast off the ground. And the next guest was Matthew McConaughey on the same podcast. Wow. And, and it was like, yeah, bro, I don't think yours is going to get too many down. I feel like <laughs> when, make sure when you send people to your podcast, you send it to specifically your link because I think he's getting the click before you. Oh, dude, that, isn't that the worst? I remember like doing the, the, the comedy store and like I had all my friends show up and main stage comedy store and you're thinking like, man, fucking Jim Carrey and, and, and everyone's done this. Chappelle, everybody's done this fucking room. Yeah. It was one of my first times doing the comedy store and uh, I got bumped. Well, I've, I got bumped one time actually for Chappelle and then one time for Bobby Lee. But the Bobby Lee one was actually because Chappelle did like an hour. So I, 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 I think I just punted on the night. But Bobby Lee like got a standing ovation. And then... I came on next, and it was the worst experience of my life. And all my friends were there because to support me. So, uh, just yeah, to, that just, sucks. Yeah, just a ridiculous. But that's that's sort of essentially you got you got bumped by in a way by Matthew McConaughey a little bit. But it's all right, you know. Like I said, I got I got no problems with Matt. I, I'm, I'll just try to get Matthew on the show to confront. Or him. you know how you get get back at him? You don't go see his movie next time at the movie theater. You know what I mean? Yeah, maybe I don't read. Maybe, I hit don't his read his book. book. Hit him where it hurts the most. I, I will not buy <laughs> Greenlight or whatever the fuck his new. Book is he's yeah. been hawking on yeah, exactly, Zoom calls man. for the last year. <laughs> I'm putting the call out to McConaughey. All right, <laughs> hear that backup fans fucking tweet at all right, all right. Uh, yeah, that's his t- that's his handle. All right, all right. Look, man, this is a lot of fun. Thank you for doing the show, and uh, yeah, we'll have you back sometime. Thanks for having me. You got to hop on the college experience to talk Wyoming football or something soon. Army, dude. There we go. I already did it. I'm going alphabetical. I know, but there's yeah. going to be a game this year. Army's okay. getting a big win. Maybe week one preview. Georgia State. I might go to that game. I got, I'm at a comedy festival in North Carolina around that time. I'm like, eh, North Carolina, Georgia, I can make that trip. Someone, I, I want to go see the remade fucking stadium from where they had the Olympics. Now it's a stadium for a middling <laughs> football program. <laughs> Fuck yeah. It's, Someone wrote uh, a great piece. It might have been on my site or in the Slack channel maybe uh, for, for Sports Gambling Podcast, but they're saying you could pull off the trifecta. In Atlanta on Saturday, what is it, September 2nd, I think, maybe? Yeah, it's the weekend of the 4th. You can pull yeah. off Georgia Tech is hosting Northern Illinois in Atlanta, Bobby right. Dodd Stadium. Love it. Georgia State's hosting Army, and uh, Miami is playing Alabama at the Georgia Dome, and all three are at very different time zones. So you can pull off the Holy trifecta on college shit. football if you're up for the challenge. <laughs> God damn, man. That would be amazing. I was thinking about going. I want to, I think, isn't Maryland playing West Virginia this year? Yes. I'm thinking about going because my family. It's in li- College Park, I think. Yeah. yeah well, my okay. family lives in Maryland. Okay. So I'm like, I was thinking about going home for that. I thought that might be. They need more of those fucking like state next to state that's games. The, that's the problem, man. Is the money is ruling college football. Here I am again. <laughs> <laughs> If they just wore the creamsicle <laughs> uniforms, I'd go to sleep at night. Run the triple option. <laughs> <laughs> All right, man. Look, I, we've said goodbye yeah. like 35 times. Yeah, thanks. Uh, yeah. Thanks for doing the show. Yeah, anytime, brother. All right. Thanks for listening to the show. If you'd like to support us for free, there are many ways to do it. Start by subscribing on whatever platform you're currently listening on. If you're on Apple Podcasts, write a five-star review. And if you're on YouTube, Like the video and leave a comment. 
On ericelwick.com, you can subscribe to the newsletter and click the track button to follow Eric's stand updates and never miss a show when he's in town. To support the podcast financially, visit the merch store via Eric's website. Thanks again for listening, and we'll see you on the next show.